Hey guys, it's me, Renny from Aqua. And you know, I love listening to Talker Seeds Podcast. Wanna go for a ride? Come on, Danny, let's go party. international break we thought it would be nice and quiet but we've got a few bits and pieces to talk about today it's episode 29 of dogger saints an unofficial saint johnson podcast i'm sam miller and i'm joined by a man who loves nothing more than to sit on the couch in his global hypercolor t-shirt while eating a packet of fruit pastels watching gladiators and blind date on a saturday night because he loves the 90s that much it's danny williams oh we do love the 90s and i'll tell you what i love from the 90s i love i love renee from aqua bringing us in this week they have now leapfrogged the Venga Boys as my favourite 90s Euro pop outfit. Bold claim early doors. Boom, 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 boom. I still want you in my room, <laughs> but not until I've finished with Aqua. Turn Back Time was a great Aqua song. It was. What was the film? Sliding Doors. Sliding Doors, yeah. Yeah, that was like, yeah. for a novelty act, that was a, that was quite the tune. Cartoon Heroes was one of their more novelty ones, but Turn Back Time was great. And they turned Back Time, which was a, a, a real ballad. It was. It was a, a touching moment. We might use that for uh, our departing players this week. So we do have one or two things to talk about this week, Dan. It's not been quiet. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I'll give it that. It's not been quiet. I don't think the debacle's fully over yet. Yeah, we thought with international break, we were actually going to take a week off, but we managed to secure a wonderful guest in Stephen Anderson, which is coming up very soon. That was great, wasn't it? Oh, tremendous. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so thrilled um, that Ando came on and spoke to us. We had a real good laugh with him, and I'm sure everyone's everyone's going to enjoy it. Exactly. We mentioned a couple of weeks ago about um, in the Georgia Bell and the Royal section that he was spotted in Tesco picking up a meal deal. We had to ask the question, what does he go for? And to be fair, it was a brilliant choice. It was it was not what we're expecting, but some of you out there will have already heard and seen this interview. Those are our subscribers. And if you want to get early access to interviews and the full videos, then you go to dogasaints.com. You don't go to the contact section. No, you do You hit not. subscribe. You got to subscribe. Um, because we are cheeky bastards, but and we want it to, or cheeky, cheeky pandas, you could say. We do charge for this service, but it all gets reinvested back in the pod. You get um you get the in, your full unedited videos of the interviews and uh, weekly newsletter, me pretending to be a journalist, I think mainly. It's good. And it's a good read, actually, to be fair. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, thanks, mate. What a sweetheart. And uh, and also, you, we do sort of give you, like, just through the videos and through the newsletter, you do sort of get first warning of anything we've got coming up. And we are sort of broadening our reach, you could say, or we're hoping to in the coming months. How are you doing? If you think we're uh, monetizing it or try to be cheeky buggers when it comes to try to make money off this podcast, it's certainly not the case. It just goes straight back into the pod uh, or in the club somehow to, uh, for reinvestment. So uh, you did mention them, the Cheeky Cheeky Panda. They are once again supporting the podcast this week. Chris Forbes and the team at Cheeky Panda. Saints fan Chris Forbes and his, I don't know how much his business is worth, but it's a bloody good thing that he's doing. Oh, it's a heck of a thing and it's very forward thinking. Yeah, uh, if you don't know what the Cheeky Panda is, they basically produce household goods, toilet paper, wipes, nappies out of bamboo. Brilliant. Toilet paper. That is one thing, you, this guy is the more forward thinking than anybody else. What business do you go into during a pandemic? 
toilet paper. There was none on the shelves. What an idea. We should have done it. I think it's just a really good forward-thinking venture because we're all going to have to become more sustainable and absolutely rightly so. And I think this, uh, Chris, and, Chris and the gang at Cheeky Panda are very much on the nose with that. For anybody with young kids who want to be more sustainable, it's perfect because they've got eco-friendly bamboo nappies. Magic. Indeed. Eco-friendly, natural hypoallergenic, strong, soft, highly absorbent, no chlorine, no nasty chemicals, vegan certified, biodegradable, ticks all the boxes. I know somebody that actually used old school kind of like washable ones, like the old kind of towel ones, because they want it to be more kind of eco-friendly. If only they knew about the Cheeky Panda nappy range. They also do wipes, face wipes and... But go to cheekypanda.com for all your eco-friendly odds and sods. But transfer deadline day has come and gone. (laughs) A quiet evening. (laughs) Yes, it it was a nice relaxed evening with a glass of port in front of the fire. It got a bit heated, I've got to be honest with you. The overriding thing is, it's never a dull moment with Saints, is there? Never, no. It's all been very exciting. We knew we would lose players, so there was no doubt about it. On transfer deadline day, Jason Kerr moved to Wigan, which we'll get into shortly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know where I'm going with that. And Ali McCann moved on to Preston North End, which caused some controversy. I say some, quite a bit. Um, the overriding factor being the disappointment of the transfer fee. Well, we going to Jason Kerr first. Yeah, nobody's naive or nobody should have been naive enough to think there wasn't a very good chance that we'd lose Jason Kerr this transfer window. He is a Rolls Royce of a footballer. And there's been interest in him for actually years now mm-hmm. from clubs in the Football League in England. He'd got into last year of his contract and it was a bit of an unenviable position, I'd say, for Saints. I think so. I remember a couple of years ago, I think Barnsley were linked to them for a million, and maybe a million plus, but I think I would rather have taken £600,000 now and kept them for that two seasons rather than getting a million for them two years ago and maybe not having the success we did have. Oh, totally. And I don't actually... You don't know whether they would have come in with a, with a million for... Because he was only really about... He wasn't six months into his Saints career. He was six months into being first pick. He wasn't club captain at that point. So, yeah, whether that million would have materialised, I don't know. But either way, you're absolutely dead on. We've had sort of three seasons of of seeing this extremely talented young footballer in centre-half develop. He's gone on to become Saints' most successful captain. And again, the same with Ali McCann. You can't begrudge the opportunity and it is a great opportunity I know a lot of people are saying oh he's League One League One's not a step up from the Scottish Premiership and that may well be true but A Wigan probably aren't going to be in League One for very long and B Jason Kerr certainly isn't going to be in League One for very long because if he doesn't go at Wigan I'm fully fully confident he'll be playing in the Championship sooner rather than later yeah and the increase in salary I don't know what, how much more he could have done with the, the club with us. We had a selling club. Uh, we'll get into the kind of the model that St. Johnson kind of do with players, but you, you can't grudge him. You cannot grudge him for the move. You should give him nothing but warm wishes on his um, on his venture with Wigan. Absolutely not. He got about these guys. And as Callum Davidson came out and said in his press conference, he said he was given the opportunity and he ended up having a fine career down in England. It maybe could have been better were it not for injuries, but... Yeah, I think I think Jason Kerr will go on and do great things. It, just, as you say, taking the money side of things out of it for now, uh, which we'll get on to discuss later. I think from just from a footballing perspective, he's thoroughly earned 
the opportunity to go and progress his career. Exactly. And I think £600,000 is a good deal, considering we got £800,000 for Stevie May, which after scoring 27 goals the, the season before, which I think was a fairly remarkable undervalue for him. 600000 for a guy going in the last year of his contract. Could have signed a pre-contract in January, and we could have got nothing for him but another season out of him. I would rather have maybe had an unhappy yeah. player in the books. Nope. Well, good luck, Jason Kerr, and congratulations on your move. Very well put, Sam. Ali McCann. Yeah, again, a fantastic opportunity for the lad. I do struggle from a footballing perspective. I'm not struggle, actually. I am very curious from a footballing perspective because we've seen Preston North End first-hand in pre-season. And Ali McCann's a, he's a ball player. Mm-hmm. He's a ball player midfielder. He's a tough little nut, but... They're a team of cloggers, aren't they? They mid, Certainly a midfielder cloggers. They're a big, big physical unit. Maybe that's why they were keen to sign him because they wanted to add a little bit of I'm just going to come out and say it. They wanted to add a little bit of football ability that, to yeah. that midfield that wasn't really on show. A bit, a, a bit of quality. Yes, exactly that. A bit of quality. And Ali McCann will certainly give him that. Again, it's the big thing is with these two for me, and I think where a lot of the disappointment, however it manifested itself amongst fans, a lot of the disappointment comes from the fact that these are two quality footballers. And Ali McCann's an absolute joy to watch. That Galatasaray game. Good grief. He was unbelievable. That was one of the great performances, um, I think, in a Saints shirt. And great individual performances, I should say. And I think it's a disappointment that we won't be seeing those two guys in Saints shirts again, or at least anytime soon. Who knows what could happen in the future. But <laughs> We'll sign them back on the, the last day of a January transfer window along with Danny Swanson. They'll be back. <laughs> but, go, but, go, but, go, but before we get to the... The real crux of the Ali McCann matter. We had this discussion. How many Saints players have actually left the club and gone on to bigger and better things? Not many. Not many. No. Stevie May was unlucky. He was really unlucky. I think, was it two broken legs or a cruciate and a broken leg? A cruci- yeah, he was He was in a bad way. It was two bad injuries. Um, Stevie May was desperately unlucky. I am going back 20 years. Paul Hartley went from Saints to Hearts to Celtic to the Scotland squad. That yeah. was a step up. Before that, Callum Davidson, Blackburn, yeah. Scotland squad, decent career down south. But there's not many like your Andy Robertsons who have kind of left a, a provincial Scottish club and gone on to do bigger and better things. But with the greatest respect to some very, very good players who have left Saints in the sort of prime, I don't think, from my recollection, there's two better players that have done it in recent times. I'm, I'll qualify that. And also, I don't think, particularly weirdly, even though he's gone to the lower division, with Jason, I think he's probably got a club heading in the right direction. I mean, stuff like Joel DeFroe going to South End and whatever. I mean, that was just bizarre. I know he tried to go to Aberdeen um, and for whatever reason it didn't happen. But, and that it's like if someone goes to Hibs or Dre Wright, Dre Wright, Kennedy are the first two names I'm thinking. Right, Kennedy got, yeah, Matty Kennedy at Aberdeen. I do think, yeah, and I mean, obviously these guys are going to have to settle into a different way of, way of playing, maybe different systems, because a lot of Saints, sort of the way Saints have played the last year has been sort of tailored towards not just their strengths, but all the players' strengths, Mm -hmm. which you maybe don't get. It's more like been the systems fitted the players, whereas there's no guarantee that's going to happen at another club. Players might have to fit the system. No, but I I think out of all the players that have left us in recent times, I think the two with the biggest chance of success is McCann and Kerr. Yes, absolutely. That's a very good way of putting it because obviously nothing's guaranteed, but I do back them. But there was a, a... tell you what wasn't getting back towards um, the board come Wednesday morning there was a lot of anger like people want to hand season tickets back it was I was real I was real kind of 
pitchfork stuff from a lot of the supporters. Some of them still feel it, even though the, the chairman came out with a statement, which we'll get to. But on the face of it, at the time, it looked like Saints accepted a last-minute bid and basically just kind of panicked and sold them on for, for under his value. On the back of Steve Brown saying that he, he wouldn't go for any less than the record transfer fee. On the face yeah. of it, that's what it looked like. That is on the face of it, and that's how I saw it. Right, I'm going to have to try and balance it because, as I've stated before, I have an inherent distrust of football chairman. But I do accept this, I do accept with Steve Brown, well, the Brown family, that that is a, you know, you have to adapt to circumstance. And obviously, you can't really argue with what the Browns have done at the club over the years. It might not be a popular way of running a football club. The results sort of speak for themselves. We both had differing opinions on this about the Ali McCann thing and the chairman and stuff. We'll be open and honest about that. I was happy that the players have kind of moved on. Again, you were you were less so happy like in, in the, the camp with you should have stayed for more money. I'll slightly correct you there. Go on. I see a lot of people, and it's quite a fine point of view, talking about the financial position the club's in with the transfers going out and COVID payments and obviously um, sort of cut winning bonuses and stuff like European payments. It doesn't bother the fees don't bother me. Like finances don't bother me unless you're in some real deep shit, basically. And then, you know, alarm bells do start ringing and you think, well, how are they how are they running this football club? How are we going to have a football club? Um sort of like obviously what happened at Rangers most notably and then sort of burying people it teams like that. What got me was the timing of it and the management of it. And Selling your two best players who were always going to go, always going to go. And I know there's mitigating circumstances with Europe, but those two, it was clear as day all summer that someone was going to come in for him and probably were a good enough bid to be accepted. That's fine. That, and as I say, football doesn't bother me, mainly because of the principle that football doesn't exist to make money. Uh, football makes money because it exists. Mm-hmm. That's my general view of it. The thing is... It was how it was managed and the timing of it. Selling your two best players at the last minute on deadline day when you've no chance to reinvest, when you probably knew they were going anyway. I know it was a late bid for McCann, but someone was going to come in for him. It's not a good look. And then it's where it leaves the squad, which actually looks quite reasonable. We'll get onto that in a minute. But it's sort of like you're then thinking, well, that money's sat there and we're bringing in three or four loan players. Surely it could have been managed better. My counter argument to that is... We could have sold McCann for 10 million, but I don't think it would have made a world of difference. The model doesn't change. We wouldn't have thrown money to get players in. We wouldn't have upped wages. That money will be used to try and keep the players that are there, but they're not going to all of a sudden be offered four, five, six grand a week. You wouldn't think. No, no, should they? The model won't change, regardless of how much money they bring into the club. That's why they've been successful in keeping a steady ship for so long. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely a fair argument. And this is what people maybe, this is maybe what hasn't happened this week among Saints fans. There is the truth always or invariably lies somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, no one will convince me it wasn't poorly managed. Yeah. But, or it, 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 the very best, it wasn't just a terrible look. But at the same time, as you say, there's a legitimate argument for that's how it's done. That's how it's, that's how it's worked. That's why we've never had a situation like at Hearts or at Livy or the most, as I say, most extreme examples like Berry and Rangers where basically the whole thing's collapsed in on itself. And look at Dundee United, they're in a world of debt as well. They've tried to chase the dream for whatever bizarre reason. And 
exactly. Well, Dun- exactly. Dundee tried around, it three times and went bankrupt every single exactly. time. Exactly. You look around. The, you look around the Premier League, at the Scottish Premiership at the minute. Motherwell been in administration. Been the first to go into it. Hearts been dock points. Been in administration. Dundee been in administration. Dundee United in the world of curse. Livy have been in administration. Rangers died. It's what it is. Well, I don't know. It's so it's. It is hard to argue against that model. It is. We won two cups last season with a team of free transfers and youth players. When you when you put it into perspective like that, we're not doing too badly. No, you're not. And I think this was another sort of point of frustration. Maybe not. Uh, maybe not the immediate point. I will admit where you're seeing the two best players sold, because that's always going to be disappointing. But I think you're looking at the squad and you're thinking, right, well, that's the first two gone. Is it going to be a domino effect? Is you know I think Jamie McCart I think was a lot closer to a move than maybe it appears. I think probably only the fact that they probably knew Jason Kerr was going was why they blew Hibbs. Plus it was a shocking bit from Hibbs. Yeah, just it was just Hibbs Hibbs lowballing as ever. And then you're looking at the contract situations and all that. But obviously, like you say, that money that's been um, now put to one side as per the chairman's statement, that could get reinvested into. They won't break the wage structure. So that does leave you vulnerable. And, but really, why? again, why should you? Everyone knows the structure's in place. Sean Rooney comes in demanding, and I'm not saying Sean Rooney's going to do this, but this is an example. Sean Rooney comes in and says, I want three grand more than anyone else. I'd say no. Yeah, of course you're going to be vulnerable to him leaving. But then by the same token, you can't have a whole changing room sat on whatever wage. And then one... One or two lads are earning four grand more, and everyone will know about it. Because what's that? How's that going to sort of work? Yeah, the the deals are always on the table. If you don't want, if basically, it's a case of take it or not. But I think being a footballer for St. Johnson is one of the safest footballing jobs you can get. You you know you're getting paid every week. You know if you're working really hard and training, you're going to get a game. Moving is always a gamble, and you can see by players like Matty. Um, Kennedy and Dre Wright that moving isn't always the grass is not always greener no it's not and I'm sure well you look at Matty Kennedy now and obviously it didn't work out and it's a shame and because I thought he was a he was a really good player for Saints and I don't actually think he excuse me I don't think he caused much of a ruckus it just sort of happened that the move came about and there's always got to be some sort of push and shove when someone leaves a football club who's under contract. It's a shame for these guys because they do probably think that they're taking some sort of step up. But as I said, as I, as I say, football football isn't played on bank sheets. You don't, just because you're getting offered a higher contract at another, another club or a higher paid contract at another club. An example, another company comes in for you or another a job of any sort comes in for you, you're headhunted. They're offering you 10 times more than you're getting paid at the moment. And your boss is saying, well, you can have them, but we want this amount of money for them. You'd be kicking up your heels. Of course I would be because dollar deals for Danny Williams. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, of course you would be. And that's a perfectly sort of normal thing to do. But what I would argue, just another counterpoint, maybe with some guys, and we are going a little bit off piece here because we're not so much talking about the transfers that happened on deadline day. We're probably talking about now, as we say, players like Matty Kennedy and Dre Wright and even Swanee, uh, Danny Swanson and his various moves where he 
where they go and it doesn't work out. Obviously, I think Swanee went to Hibs because he want you know Hibs fan, but football's a really short career, and some lads, you know, nobody's naive. Some lads are happy sitting there picking up a wage, not really bothered about playing. But I think the vast majority of footballers realise how short a career is. And that is a that is a balance. Is it short career where I'm getting paid more, but I'm not enjoying my football and I'm not I'm not sort of playing or I'm in and out of the team, or I'm getting paid less, but I'm in a really good team and I'm a key part of it. And that that is difficult. It is. Again, you can't judge Ali. Based on the chairman's statement, he was really desperately wanting to push the move because obviously he's heard the pound signs. He's wanted to move. He cannot grudge a guy who's that young age. He's a full international. I think Celtic, from what I'm hearing, came in for a bid of two million on the day and it was rejected because um, he didn't want to play. He wanted to play in England. He didn't want to yeah. play for Celtic or Rangers. He wanted to, he, he's not going to further his career up here. Usually you move from St. Johnston to the old firm if you want to get an international cap. He's already got one, so there was no need for him to make that step up in this country. Move to England. No, but funny, moving to Preston North End isn't going to sort of railroad his international career in the slightest because most of the players in that Northern Ireland side come from that level. There's the one element about the chairman's statement that wasn't particularly enamoured with. I did feel like there was a little bit of Ali this, Ali that. It's a football transfer, mate. It happens. It does. But do you know what we're here to do, Dan? Talk about the 90s. Yeah, amongst other things. I do love the 90s. Oh, I do love the 90s, pal. <laughs> We usually press that button when we've got a celebration. And we've got a celebration, Dan. A celebration of St. Johnson talent on air with us right now. Oh, we do indeed, Sam. And big time St. Johnson talent. Oh, a guy who joined the club by John Connolly, of all people. That was ill-fated. I think he joined the same time as Jordan Tate, Paul Lovering, and another host of absolute haddies that we had over the time. But I imagine they're all great guys, just in case you ever want to come on as guests when you run out. <laughs> Disclaimer. He was the... yeah. He was the um, he would have been the one real success story of that era, surely. He's our biggest success story of all time, you would say, pretty much. He's up there. As it stands, appeared more times in a St. Johnson shirt than any other player. Former captain. He would still be captain if he was there. Probably. A former captain, a club legend, and the opening goal scorer in the 2014 Scottish Cup final. <sighs> this is a big assisted by assisted by Radislav Chesniak. <laughs> Get her Chesniak struggling. Anderson scores. We've got Stevie Anderson on. Not only has he won the Scottish Cup, he also won the League Challenge Cup and a First Division Winners Medal. What more could you want? What more can you want? How about having him on right now? We are joined by St. Johnson. Oh, we throw this word about quite a lot, but it's justified. St. Johnson legend Stephen Anderson. How you doing, buddy? You okay? I'm all right. Just doing away as usual. Good, good man. Thanks for coming on and speaking to us today. Let's just go straight to it. 441 games, still number one most appearance record holder for St. Johnston. Liam Craig's nipping at your heels. Would you be pissed off if he overtook you? No, no, not at all. <laughs> I'd definitely give him a text and say, you're a prick. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, nah, he deserves it. He's uh, been there for a good while. Get his, get his testimonial as well. But as I say, records are there to be broken. That's it. You uh, broke Alan Maines, so it exactly. was... Exactly. Uh, but hopefully it's a big occasion for Liam and the club reward them that way as well. They said you had a, a good... Well, we won't talk about the match itself, your testimonial match against Hearts, but uh, a well-deserved well uh, accolade. When you joined the club from your kind of with Dundee United reserves, would it be fair to say, when you're 18-year-old boy, yeah. John Connolly came in for you. How did that come about in the first place? Well, 
I can always say that I've got fond memories of Dungeon United. You probably not like to me hear this, but I loved it there. Uh, we can edit that bit out, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I loved it there. Uh, yeah, I was pretty fortunate to get there. They gave me that grounding to play football. Uh, as I say, I'm, I was happy there, but I just wasn't to be. I wasn't. It was hard to break into the first team there. They had experienced players with big money. I just I got offered six months under Ian McCall, but it was YTS, and already done three, nearly three years YTS. Man. Okay. So. I had to go move and try and play football. Uh, and obviously I got uh, had an agent at the time who was working for me. And I know it's pretty strange at that age, but <laughs> it, it helped. I got me into St. Johnson with John Conley. And to be fair, John Conley actually done his background checks on my phone, Tony Dock, because he was a youth team coach at the time. Mm-hmm. He gave me a rave review. So I got him in on the trial and the rest is history, to be honest. Brilliant. Well, that must have helped when you knew he was coming in to be assistant. You already had his background. You were well, going to get a deep starter after that. To be fair, I was very fortunate, to be honest, uh, because uh, I had Owen Coyle. Mm-hmm. Forget Owen Coyle was a reserve. Of coach course, as well. yeah, yeah, you're right. He knew about me as well. I was playing reserve football at the time, and he pretty liked me. So I've been, I've been fortunate in terms of managers coming in. And after that, Steve Lomas uh, was your next-door neighbour. How handy is that? Nah, I know. <laughs> he, he, was a, he was totally different right enough. But no, nah, I, I, as I say, I can't complain about Steve Lomas. I played under him. I had a good time under him as well. Uh, and the club did really well under him, so you forget that as well. Yeah, for the ones he's yeah. had. Dan? Yeah, just a very quick one, um, Steve. It's just not to dwell on Dundee United for obvious reasons, but how did that um, How did that actually come about, being an Edinburgh boy? Uh, was you, were you just scouted at the boys' club? Or? Yeah, I went on trial there as well. Uh, I went on trial, played, I think it was an under-14 game. I was young anyway, and uh, did really well, came back. They asked me back again, so done well again, and... At the time, they were they qualified for the night tournament. You've probably not heard that. From Scotland, they were the team from Scotland that qualified for it. So they played in Belgium. So they played against big teams in like the European competition, you could say, in Belgium. And I did really well over there. And after that, they asked me to send an S form. And basically, the S form means you're basically going full-time once you're at legal age to actually sign a contract. Brilliant. Um, you played centre-back with... I think you... Did you not play, if I remember rightly, right-back? For a wee while with us. Yeah, well, with St. Johnston. Yeah. Yeah, I, I first came in, my first trial game was a right back under John Conley. Okay. Uh, I probably fit, physically wasn't big enough, you could say, to play a centre half. To be honest, I was young and making mistakes quite regular, actually. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I was making mistakes and you start to doubt yourself as well. Eh? But I was playing right back and I was fit enough to get up and down, you could say. Mm-hmm. I'm not a defensive full back, uh, but back then. But no, as I say, I was playing first-team football. Can't complain at eighteen-year-old. Uh, no many people get as many games at that age, mm-hmm. and and even in even if it was what they call the championship now. You've had plenty of centre-half partnerships. Your your first main full season. I know you'd played a lot before that, but Michael Dubray must have been a, a pretty steady guy to have next year uh, during a game of football. Yeah, he was great. But you, you go back. Uh, I was in and out of the team. You saying it's centre-back under. I could say John Conley or whatever it was, Owen Coyle. And I always got this nickname, Kevin Follingham. Oh, and Martin Hardy gave me this nickname, Tampax Anderson. Because <laughs> I was in for one and out for three, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> nice. I got that name. That stuck for a while, especially with Martin Hardy as well. He gave me a bit of it. But 
you kind of knew Will and Coyle if you were going to be in the team, I knew, because Saturday, just before the game, if I was sitting there in the dressing room and I wasn't going to play, he would be like, Stephen, come to my office. So that you knew I wasn't playing because you used my first name, eh? Okay. So uh, when, it, when it was Ando, come to my office, you knew you were playing, eh? So it was like, <laughs> yeah, I've gone and joked with Martin Hardy, eh? <laughs> we had Martin Hardy on a couple of weeks ago. He kept that one to himself. He should have pushed him a wee uh, bit harder on that. I uh, know, but it was uh, as a tail and quite point for me. Uh, he gave me that opportunity as well. And you're talking about centre halves. There was there's loads of centre halves I played where you learn so much. First and foremost was uh, Kevin James. Yeah, forget of course, how well uh, he did for the club. Eh? Uh, you would learn for him. Just it's more just the way he spoke because like, he was never the quickest. Eh? And he, he never ever, if you watch, he never really got done with pace. No. Just positioning and, and uh, just positioning and telling people basically telling people where to be. And he basically told me where to be when I played beside him. Eh? Mm-hmm. And then you go on for that alley, you've got Chalky as well, I meant Manus. Do you know what I mean? Aye. And Graham Bartland. You've got a lot of players that you know, played with a lot of players. But as I say, Dubs, I played solid for a season with Dubs and I actually had you know, a good partnership with Dubs. Eh? I know I really enjoyed it and um he's a wee squeaky voice and that, but he just learned from it. Eh? <laughs> brilliant Dubs. It was, uh, it was funny, we had him on as well, and when he came up on the screen, big, massive guy, and he's like, what? We're like, the voice does not fit the, the fit the frame. A guy a guy that's played at the highest level as well, like, I'm top, top highest level, what a down-to-earth guy as well, eh? yeah. Uh, loves the banter in the dressing room, always winding people up. I was brilliant, he fitted well into the dressing room. Who was it that was, who was, it was getting married, Dan, that the, the, the balloon floated past the window under Derek McInnes? Oh, can't remember. Was it, can't it, was it, I think it might have no. been Graham Gartland getting married, well, and then was like uh, balloons down in the, the dressing room and uh, McInnes or Owen Coyle were going absolutely tonto and then the balloon was just floating past the, the door and they were all talking about straight face. It would have been, <laughs> nah, been dead. But you're talking about other centre-half partners, Fraser, right? Aye. Brilliant as well. Like, like we, I don't know, we had a great relationship as well. It was a love-hate relationship, you could say. Nah, nah, both of us liked each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he liked me anyway. But no, uh, nah, big fries as well. What a guy he is. Uh, Christmas nights out and all that. He was brilliant. Uh, had a great a relationship with Fraz and I think that showed on the pitch as well. Yeah, Dan. I was just um, I was just going to say, Andrew, Jeeves was very, very nice about you, apart from calling you a lunatic um, <laughs> at one point. Um, Fraser, right, Sam, I don't remember him really. I think he was nice. He was. He scared me an awful lot. To be fair, he's, 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 he's a frightening old boy. Nice. Fraser, yeah. I think he was nice about Andrew. Yeah. Oh, he's a great, he's a great guy. He's nice on the earth, but I wouldn't get, I would like to get on his wrong side. Eh? No, definitely not. Like... I think he's a t- time bomb at times. <laughs> eh? Nah, he, he, as I say, he loves all the banter, winding people up in the dressing room and that as well. I, I think that's why the dressing room so well. He just banter was flowing all the time. People wouldn't take it to heart because he knew it was just banter eh, and just winding each other up. It's probably a good time to mention players like Fraser Wright, who's gone into management, assistant manager at Stenhouse Spear, Martin Hardy, who you mentioned um, just recently at FBSC, Steve McLean at St. Johnston. And you were on the record saying after Tommy Wright left that the ideal candidate for St. Johnston would have been Callum Davidson. Now, that's because he's an ideal fit for the club. That couldn't have gone yep. any better. Couldn't have been a better prediction from you. Yeah, I think the transition, to be honest, it was, it was straightforward. It's a model that St. Johnston do, if mm. you look at it. And it's worked well over so many. I know Steve Lomas was an exception, but. From that, it's just been promoting fit within or they know the club anyway. But Cal knew most of the players anyway. Uh, and it was a no-brainer being the assistant manager. Know, knew how the club worked, financial strengths as well. It, it just made sense. Callum Davison, see, Johnson know their limitations. Callum Davison might want to move on to bigger and better things. Who's next? I'm not sure. I'm not going to call. I'm not going to put any names <laughs> there. But especially see with Cal, like, like obviously he understands the club and the club understands him. He, he, they they know each other that what he wants to go into bigger and better things and the club can't stand in his way when the club comes in. 
-hmm. But as long as the figure's right, then that's a model St. Johnson do. They, they know they have to sell players or managers on. Let's go back to your career. Um, a couple of matches I want to touch on before we get to the, the biggies. There's a Dundee United match, which I always remember. I remember I was there. and I me- Did you get two bookings in a game but not get sent off? Yeah, I think you're the only person that actually brings this up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I did. It was a weird one. The first one, the first booking, I actually had my back turned, so I didn't know. Okay. I got booked. But see, Brian Winter was a ma- uh, the referee at the time. Uh, and I spoke to him about it before, when I seen him after that. Because it was a big scrimmage in the first booking, the referee, not referee, but he obviously booked, but never knocked it down. But that's, I'm sure that's a linesman's, linesman's got to knock, knock the book, bookings down, or the fourth official has as well to back him up, type okay. thing, just in case he misses something. Yeah, yeah. So he never, and then the uh, fourth official or never uh, put any bookings down either. <laughs> so the second booking happened in the second half, and I'm like, and the Dungeon United players are asking to get me sent off, and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I honestly didn't, I didn't realise, yeah. Aye. And then game goes on, Brian was like, no, no, I've not got nothing in my book, and there's nothing. So, Game goes on, and then after that, next time I know, I've got two bookings, and uh, I've got a suspension. <laughs> what the hell is happening? <laughs> and then Dell just says, "Look, I understand, like, but I got fined my appearance money at the time, which was fine. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't grovel, like, but I, I, it was a, it was a strange one, to be honest. It was uh, a strange one. But Brian, I think Brian went or after that. I know, I know, he, I know, he, like he watches the referees at lower levels. To, like to uh, promote them up. Okay. And it, I always remember speaking to him about it, and he was like, "Ah, oh, look, that that's kind of ruined me a wee bit." <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, uh, I think so. I think it did. Uh, oh, it didn't didn't help anyway. No, it happened in the World Cup to did it not a couple of years ago? Was it one of the yeah. English refs at the World Cup? Graham Paul, I think I I seem just seem to remember it. I think it was two thousand six. He was being like touted for the final, and then in the last group stage game, he beat somebody three times twice without sending him off. <laughs> And yeah, and then he got a third. He went off anyway. Yeah, he ended up sending him off because he picked up a third bucket. <laughs> that's impressive. It just seems like his fault. That's, more that's, like his fault more that's, the, that's got to be. He, he's got to have a bit of help, though, with the fourth official yeah. linesman. They've got to help out as well. They have to help out. It's, it's hard enough for a referee. And I'm the moniest guy ever at a referee, 100%. Uh, but I understand how hard a job it actually is. Uh, try to, especially when there's loads of players that are surrounding them and all that type of thing. Yeah. This day and age of VAR and that as well, the, the highest level of football, it's, it's probably something that you're not going to see an awful lot of happening again. Um, let's talk about the St. Johnson's last European run. We had a couple of cracking away results, uh, one all at Galatasaray and, and Lask. Mm-hmm. Now, you just kind of set the president uh, a few years before that with some cracking away results in Rosenberg, Lucerne, to name a few. An experience you'll never forget, I presume. I never played in the Luzerne game, but I played in Rosenberg. Aye, Luzerne, Luzerne was... Uh, I never went to Luzerne because my wife was pregnant. Oh, okay. that week. And the, the, the issues with Luzerne was at Switzerland, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You couldn't fly out your, that night. It was some law. You had to fly the next game day. Yeah, It was yeah. something like that. So I, and I was... To be fair, I wasn't playing. I just came back from a hamstring. And, and I knew I was on the bench with Tommy. And I like, Tommy, I can't go. He wasn't happy. Uh, but I'll be honest, I didn't... I wasn't bothered, to be honest, because... My wife obviously was pregnant, she was due, but she, she never went that week. She went to follow me to home time. <laughs> of course she did. <laughs> I missed that as well. But, uh, but uh, to be fair, Tommy got over it pretty quickly. That's what I think that's what's good about Tommy. Uh, never holds grudges. No. Never. Has his peace. He's happy for you to have your peace as well in the office, but have a disagreement or whatever, but he never holds grudges as long as you go away, said what you need to say, and that's it. Huh? But talk about Rosenberg. 
great result away for there. Great, great result. I think it was just more playing Rosenberg was about in Europe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody wrote us off. Uh, I always remember <laughs> right at the end of the game and we've won one nil and uh, me and Steve McLean. I don't know if there's a photo. Of him, I think there is a photo. Of me and him walking off, looking at each other, going, "How the fuck did we win that? <laughs> we got absolutely battered. Battered, I slaughtered oh, about I. It was battered. frightening. Yeah. Uh, and they, they had some players like you look at. The wee, the boy at the right back it went to Celtic. What was his name again? Was it West Brom went to Celtic? Gamboa? Yep. He was there. The other boy they just bought for three million quid. Soderland or something like that as well. Big striker. I scored in the home leg, didn't he? Uh, some strikers I had as well, and some just some players in general. Um we seem I don't know if they took us lightly, to be honest. Uh, I think they took us lightly over there and then they came out guns blazing at our home game. And then obviously Stevie nipping in in front of him. We had something to hold on to. And we were pretty good at that. Going ahead and hard to break down or uh, good at holding on to something. The Scottish Cup final. The bookies had St. Johnson written off, which is odd considering they hadn't scored against us that season. They hadn't beaten us that season. And you'd already scored against them that season and a goal which was almost a carbon copy of the one. Was that mm. was that the plan? Was that a training ground move that they can appeal off the defender and oh, get to the back post? you played when you need. Yeah. Yeah, cup final. Uh, I just, I just think majority of my time is Tommy, Tommy sitting and round the back. That always went round the back. I think it's me just to get me out of the way, eh? <laughs> Stay the way but, uh, but I always say to David Wells, when even just that season, any time I just say, do not underhit the cross. Give us an opportunity, go and try and get something on the cross. And I says, if you overhit it, I should be there because I'm always round the back. And he, to be fair, fortunately, he's hit one round the back. He's kind of overhit it, you could say. Uh, and the keeper's made an absolute arse out of I'll be honest, it has. And I've, I'm just a, I'm just up above uh, Keefe uh, and just nodded it in. Like it was, it was a surreal moment, but the keeper's made it easy for me. I'll be I, honest. I was going to right time, right place, but it was quite good though because any footage you'll ever see of that cup final is the camera's focus on you walking up and peel, peeling away. So you basically get the yeah. whole match documented. Um, it was a good game. What was the night's like out after? Obviously, going back to Lucerne very quickly, they, they weren't allowed to travel that night. So as you'll probably be aware, a lot of them kind of went out in the piss that night and made a, 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 a royal kind of bit. So you did miss that one. Uh, no, I didn't. But what I heard for the boys, <laughs> it was a good laugh. And what? You're a group of boys, I'll be honest. And these things happen. Like You go and get a great result over there as well. And you, you're like, what the fans are out having a, a night out. Okay, well, we'll just sneak out with there for a night anyway. And we had a few boys that liked the night out, <laughs> like myself, uh, and just enjoyed ourselves. And like Tommy, obviously. Tommy loved the night out as well. Tommy will tell you, he likes the boys together and that. But there's time in a, a place and... They got fined there, but <laughs> I think he, I think he knew like it was well deserved to night out. Nah, exactly. You can't, you can't grudge them for having that one. Yeah. What was the night like? Did you come back to Perth after the cup final? Did you stay in Perth? Or were you? Yeah, the road? My, my wife was uh, was pregnant, uh, uh, so I uh, I went back. I went back to Perth. Uh, the chairman had something at the lounges for us. For my family, uh, my wife is. Uh, there and we we left about 12 I think because my wife was pregnant so went back down the road to Dunfermline and back up in the morning again eh? and then I had a I had a night out on the Sunday because we had the play of the year thing of course and then yeah. I had the night out with the boys uh, and then I went back down the road uh, with David Ritchie who does my testimonial committee okay. he, he was there at about 3 o'clock in the morning he took me back down the road eh? that's all it was do. a brilliant film like, but no I know it was it was great like, but no it was it was great seeing, seeing you on that bus and is it the concert hall it was? It was, yeah, yeah I just when it came up there, yeah. yeah. Right. It was unbelievable, yeah. It was frightening. 
It was good. Frightening how many people was there. We spoke to Chris Miller and he said he didn't change out of his suit for three days. But uh, was it Matt or Steve, Steve McLean that had a training course at Largs on the on the Monday or something like that? The the, the day after, I can't remember who it was. Uh, it might have been. Oh. He was another writer. He was another writer. His family, <laughs> the Valiant. <laughs> his dad doesn't even drink as well. <laughs> his dad doesn't even drink. He was driving the minibus. Wow. <laughs> he was driving the minibus. Uh, and uh, his uh, Marka likes a drink. And he, he went, mayhem. It was mayhem with him. And uh, Chris Miller was just a light off as well. Huh? Aye. Fit, fit guy, though. Loves, loves, loves showing it off. Showing off the guns. Oh, he's never, he's never off uh, Instagram or whatever it is, Facebook and all that. <laughs> He's tall that, but fully deserved. He's in great shape for his age. Ah, he's doing awfully well for himself. Steve McLean, we brought this up with Graham Cummins a couple of weeks back about Steve McLean um, in his lawn bowls. Ah, he's a weirdo. Of all the guys you'd think, eh? He's always like, I remember saying to me, we, well, this is a story, right? See, when we were on away trips, like, say, for, uh, say on European tour, we would play bowls in the corridors. Uh-huh. But we would use apples and oranges and just throw them as hard as you can in the corridor and just smash everywhere. But I he loved these bowls yeah, in the corridor. But I, I think think it's an excuse to go and get a bevy as well. Huh? <laughs> um, we do a feature on the podcast where we ask people where they've seen St. Johnson, ex-St. Johnson players, where have they been, what have they been doing? And somebody sent in one saying they've seen Stephen Anderson in Tesco. Which one was it, Dan? South Road. South Dundee. Road in Dundee, buying a Tesco meal deal. And the question I've got is, we kind of dis- we went into a ten minute discussion about what you would get in a meal deal. Can you confirm what is your t- a Tesco choice for a meal deal? What would you get? Sandwich, crisps, sweetie. What would you get? Uh, sandwich. Oh, what kind of sandwich though? Is a big question. <sighs> I like tuna, tuna and sweet corn. Tuna and sweet corn. We 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 did, not, we did not have that. Then I had you down as a chicken and bacon man. No, no, tuna and sweet corn. Uh, and if I if I can get a Snickers, I like a Snickers. Oh, a good choice. And a and a plain uh, bottle of water. Nah. And no, I know that meal deal. I ain't about to go for a fizzy juicer. Oh, Coke. Coke, Snickers, tuna. Well, that's a, that's that's a turn up for the books. That's an exceptional combo. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with that. So let's come to your your current playing career at Forfar. You're playing against Dunraro on Saturday. There, what's how's yeah. how you get on? How how's your fitness over lockdown? Obviously, you weren't playing. How did you cope with with not getting regular game time? Well, I started it obviously. I've done my hip flexor game when I first signed. I've done it in pre-season. Uh, so I missed a bit. Came back. First six minutes against Partick Thistle. <laughs> ruptured my Achilles. Oh, brilliant. In December. I ruptured my Achilles. That's literally me just back the last couple of weeks. Well, about a month. I've been back for about a month now. Back playing the last couple of weeks. But it's been horrendous. Like, uh, especially being locked in. So gyms only open. So I had a physio answer that I've used. He's, and he's top notch. Like He's got his own physiotherapy place. And... He just said, look, all the gyms are closed. Mine's is open for rehab, rehab stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just come and use me anything. That's what he says. And I was fortunate I had that, eh? because if it wasn't for him, I could probably maybe have retired. Like, uh, I had nothing. They, they rehab stuff, because you're in the house, it's not the same. You've not got the machines. You've not got somebody there telling you what to do as well. Yeah. It's not, you can do it yourself, Google it, but you're, you're still like, not got the machines and that type of thing, especially Achilles, because you don't know if you're pushing it too hard or you're always wary they're going to rupture it again but it's uh, NHS well, I didn't get an operation though that, but that was probably good but they went a conservative route because it was a high tear high up in the calf eh? so okay. they just said look just, it'll be the same time frame as a, a, a repair operation so I was like oh, no problem so it feels good now at the moment just taking it easy oh that's good to know that you've still got plenty of time left in the locker Dan yeah just actually on the, on the subject of fourth there and on how did you find the, the sort of 
the changeover from going full time to part time, mm. obviously now, and we're working. You know, mentioned about your your full time work now. It's, yeah, it's uh, totally different, or hundred percent totally different because so many dynamics. You're at work, and you're sometimes you're rushing from what to get to training. Uh, and sometimes dressing rooms are a bit different because eh? you're not seeing them every day as well. But uh, it is totally different because it's no it's not your primary job. No. At the end of the day, so some players and that might not take it as serious as what I do because I'm used to taking it serious. Uh, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm still playing football. That's what I love doing. Eh? So as long as long may it continue, and hopefully I can keep going for a few more years. Brilliant, and uh, hopefully we'll get you back down at McDermott sometime soon. We're well aware that we're taking up loads of your time. We really appreciate you coming on today. Um, let's touch on St. Johnson for the very last point. Where do you think they can go this season? After like, you're obviously you kept in. Did you watch all the games, the cup finals, all that stuff last season? Uh, yeah, I watched all the cup finals. Delighted for them. Uh, for a team that doesn't overspend to do what they did, and uh, got to be, fans have got to be realistic. Like this, will never, this probably never ever, they'll never be done in our Scottish club again. No. Uh, well, out with old fun, but it's a ridiculous achievement. And fans are realistic that every year you can't expect a trophy. But I'm just delighted for the club. Like, financially as well, you forget. Covid's took a big hit as well, and hopefully that covers that hit that they've took. Yeah, but they're they've been brilliant. They've been brilliant, uh, and hopefully this year they can kind of kick on. Now that obviously the European thing over their head, uh, obviously gotten they never qualified for the group stages, but it's probably a blessing in disguise because they've not got the squad for it. Nah, they were absolutely knackered going into. Well, we were at Saint Mirren on Sunday, and they were just dead on their feet. So the the first time an international break is coming along, and we're actually quite glad of it. Yeah. Um, Dan? Yeah, just a quick one. Just um, just on four for at the minute. Um, they're letting you take three kicks. Oh, no. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot. I had to get it. I'm sorry. I had to get it in, mate. What do you mean? What's wrong with three kicks? Are you defending? Well, I, was at Ty- I was at Tidecastle for that goal. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I was behind that goal. Mate, this is never the light. I was hitting a mail during that week. <laughs> Well, we we actually text because um, Spoonie's brother's a mate of ours, so we yeah. text him like, "Can you ask D where that came from?" And he's come back and said, "Yeah, it's some really well in training." Yeah, and I just didn't catch that really how well. Like, <laughs> 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 it was pretty poorly. I was hitting them really well. I don't know why. I just I, I just thought I'll take a few, and I started hitting them. I was like, oh, "I'm actually hitting them well here." A bit of confidence, and I said, "I'm on the next free kick." And after that, I was like, "Nah, it's fine. You can do it. You can make a feel yourself." It's a good job you saved me a fine because I think I was ready to run on the pitch if you if you buried that song. Um, uh, to be fair, if you're still at the club now, you'd have probably been on penalties because I think you're the only one not to miss one recently. I know. I'm not. I've never put on that. <laughs> That's why. 100% record from the spot. Never missed a penalty. Aye. That's a good start. I know. Um, to be fair, Liam, Liam Craig's got a good record. Ah, uh, yeah, it's, it's just that he's in and out of the team, eh? Like, it's, they always, we always seem to get penalties when he's either just gone off or sitting on the bench, which is a... I'd just bring him on for it, like, kind of like Gareth Southgate in the, well, yeah. in the Euro final. Get him on well, that, for a penalty. That worked out well, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, that worked out well, didn't uh, it? Not ideal. Um, the very last point I want to make is you've obviously been in the team when all these youngsters have came through, all these guys that played in the League Cup, and you've got your Ali McCann, Liam Gordon, Jason Kerr, Xander Clark, Stevie May, Chris Kane... All these boys, did you see them going all this way, or is it you just think? Did you think they would have? Well, obviously, you, Stevie May, because he went on to, he kind of broke through. But the yeah. likes of 
your latter stages with St. Johnson, your likes of Liam Gordons and Ali McCanns and Jason Kerr's and that, did you, yeah. did you see see in them then that what, what they could have achieved? Uh, obviously, you don't expect them to achieve that like the double cup double because you never saw anybody would achieve no, that. But fair point. in terms of the players that had there, Big Xander was guaranteed. I, honestly, I thought they would have sold Xander by now. I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's St. Johnson's model. You have to, yeah. Uh, I thought they may have sold them, but I think getting a national squad has obviously boosted that. Yeah. I know that's no great what Saints fans want to hear, but it's just the nature of the beast. I mean, you get in the Scotland squad, your CV looks very good and clubs start to notice you. Uh, I, I expected Alan McCann to go this window as well. <laughs> just with the, There's still the three hours left. Uh, I know, I know you're saying, <laughs> but uh, I, they've done brilliantly. Uh, big God as well. Like, for me, Big God doesn't get the accolades he probably deserves. Uh, if you wa- if you watch the way he plays, he's probably more like an old old school centre half in terms of he's an organiser. Uh, he's a he's an absolute brute guy as well. He's a big unit. But uh, he he holds up back three together like because he organises and uh, but the boy Jamie McCart's done really well as well. Eh? So yeah, it's, it's... Been, back three have been brilliant. We've noticed without Gordon being missing the last couple of games because he talks of like when you're watching on telly, yeah. like lassies with no fans, you can hear him from start to finish talking care and McCart through the yeah. game. Like, so um, I'm glad he's not being linked with more clubs as well, which is so bizarre. But that's the thing with St. Johnson. We lose a player, worry for a couple of weeks and then realize that we've got somebody there that can step in to replace him. That's what kind of St. Johnson do. It happened up front for, I think we lost our, our top goal scorer for five seasons on the trot. I think McLean left, Sandazard left, Stevie May left, O'Halloran left, Swanson left. All these guys were our top goal scorers and moved on. But the St. Johnson way, Kano, as you say. Kano as well. Kano used to get a bit of stick as well. Yeah. Um, and he's, do you know what I'm delighted for him is he's proved people wrong. Eh? Aye. And he's been sensational last year and he will be sensational this year. He just, he just picks his cell about and he just keeps going. Eh? Aye, that's Makes well. it awkward for players, uh, for other opposition players. Um, he just, he's a handful, like. Aye, we all put our hands up and say the exact same thing. We didn't know whether he was kind of going to kick on, but he, he really has done it. He, he just, he works tirelessly on and off the ball. Eh? That I think that probably, a lot of that comes from Steve McLean coaching him. He's, he's turning into him, basically. Um, Aye, style. He, I'm not sure about <laughs> Mac has never had the, Pace, like, but <laughs> Mac has now he's probably one of the most clever strikers I've played with. Uh, he's touching like his movement, and I and Kano can only learn from him. Eh? Yeah, Kano can only learn because he's Maka's only Maka, his touch is frightening. Eh? Did he look like a guy that was going to go into coaching? Aye, aye, he always coached the strikers, he always told them where they should be, he always spoke to them in training. Eh? Yeah, like, well, that's his position, and he knows I've never spoke to the defenders right now. I always used to swear at us and try and elbow us, but uh, nah, I always spoke to the strikers and where, where his touch should be, what position you should be in, especially when the ball's out wide, that type of thing. Eh? He coached him that way. Brilliant. Uh, what about yourself? You've done your B licence, is that right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Are you fancy going into management? Uh, what are you thinking? Nah, like I'm happy playing at the moment. Uh, there's no aspirations at the moment to go in at management. Uh, I'm at Napier University now as well, so I'm doing that. So I'm not long to go left in that. So we'll wait and see. I'm not, I'm not in the rush to get into management. I'd like to get in the business side of football, maybe. Okay. The upstairs type of thing, yeah. But I'm not sure. Agent, that's where they make all the money, yeah? No, no, no. <laughs> no I'm not going to get an agency. No, no. I'd like to get in upstairs in the football club, maybe some sporting director or something. That, that would, that, that would uh, 
tend to be something I would like, I think. Well, Roddy Grant's now been moved up in the boardroom officially, so his seat will be empty, whatever he did before. Run the Saints lotto, I'm pretty sure that's all he did up there. <laughs> <laughs> Associate director, as you said. That was the, the exact Big term. Roddy's a good guy, though. Big Roddy's a good guy. I sound um, well-deserved Bye, promotion. He's a, he's a club man through and through. Oh, Very I much like... He's a club man with a... He's not got a heart tattoo on his calf. I, I think he does. He is a heart man. He's a bit like Gary. <laughs> I'm sure he has. Who who was the, who's got the Kilmarnock tattoo? It was is it Holt? Gary Holt's got a Kelly tattoo. He's in charge at Livy. That was impressive. Aye, that's uh, nah. But Roddy loves the club. To be fair, he loves the club. Aye, so, um, the guy's an absolute club legend. Very much like yourself. Thanks very much, Stephen, for coming on to join us tonight. Right, mate. Thanks again, buddy. The Dogger Saints podcast is proud to be supported by The Cheeky Panda. The journey started when St. Johnson supporter Chris Forbes and wife Julie took a trip to Asia in 2016, where they saw the surplus of bamboo that was being wasted and thought, why are we not using this instead of trees? 27,000 trees are cut down every single day for paper production, and bamboo is the fastest growing plant in the world, making it extremely renewable and sustainable as it grows 30 times faster than trees. We make household, baby and beauty products out of glorious bamboo that are kind to you and our planet too. A one-stop shop for all your eco-essential needs. They've got the lot. Bamboo toilet paper, kitchen roll, straws, biodegradable wipes, nappies and much more. Whether you want to be sustainable, go plastic free or be a little bit more cheeky, look no further. They can be found on Amazon, in-store in Boots, Waitrose Superdrug and many, many more stores. For their full story, available products and all the information, please visit cheekypanda.com. Brilliant. Just a wonderful interview. Just a, I say a wonderful interview because that's awfully professional. Just a nice chat with a really, really good guy. Dry sense of humour in the guy. It's funny because everybody you spoke to, oh, he's really doer, he's really boring, he's really dull. I think he's brilliant. Yeah, I did as well. And But that's the thing. You can be dour and what's it and still be really funny. He's dry as a ball. Yeah, brilliant. So really, really appreciate Stephen Anderson coming on and good luck to him for the, the rest of the season. Sam, just before we move on, I'd like to point out... Go on. That is now five, counting five, which is halfway to ten, members on the Scottish Cup winning 2014 starting 11. We've had on wow. the Dogger Saints podcast. Who's that? That'll be Ando Fraser Wright. Yep. Spoony. Spoony. We had the centre midfield, Joe. We had Midgey Miller. Oh, and James Dunn. And James Dunn. Yeah, brilliant. That, that's good. Who's next? Who's next? Mac would be good. Mac, well, if we got on the off. So we've not had the front two, Macca and Maisel. Yeah. Easton. Michael O'Halloran. And then the two fullbacks, Easton and cup tight Dave Mackay. Well, it's not had Alan Manis, I should Alan say. Alan Manis, yeah. And then we've got the bench to go through. Gary McDonald, Chris Ewolemu. I did message Chris Ewolemu to see if he'd come on, but he never replied. He never even read it. That replied to him. But uh, we never know. I'll try him again. Ah, uh, give him a try. Indeed. But Stephen Anderson, is that our first ever cup final goal scorer we've had on? Apart from Nick Dasvich. Oh, Nick. Oh, our, sweetheart. Our first winning, from a winning team. From a winning team. Yeah, will be. I don't think Sean Rooney would be the other one, to be fair. Rooney and Macca. Good. So, there we go. We're very fortunate to speak to these guys, Dan. Oh, we are. And we do realise how fortunate we are. And you know what? Like we sort of said, when we started this out, didn't really know who was going to be talking to footballers. Because I don't think, aside from sort of asking for autographs and whatnot, I don't <laughs> think either of us ever spoke to a footballer in our lives. Mainly, or after a few pints at Player of the Year awards and stuff like that. So, it's... Um, 
no, it's been it, it's been a real lovely thing to happen because I've all been it's been great fun. They have been. I remember the very first interview. The first couple, I was so nervous speaking to Kieran McInnesby, which yeah. we were really lucky to get on the very first time, just basically through Lynn. And then Stephen Watt helped us get Kevin Twaddle. Then we transfer on with Nick Dazwich. Now we're just messaging everybody. Ali McCoy, Salk Ferguson, just send him a message, see what see the best we can do. But Aye. it's been a... I hope you've enjoyed these interviews because we've thoroughly enjoyed doing them and I hope you really enjoy them because we do. Oh, we do. But you mentioned him there. If we ever do hit the final level boss of Saints-related interviews, which is Alex Ferguson, then you will just hear me going for half an hour like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But he did an interview with, with in the programme in the Galatasaray game, so he still obviously speaks very warmly about St. Johnson. But in the meantime, good luck. We're not to getting s- Alex Ferguson on. No, no chance. Good luck. Maybe, to- maybe, maybe the Alex Ferguson he plays in the reserves, but no. <laughs> yeah, he'll do. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Alex Ferguson. How's Edinburgh City treating you? What? Ah, they'd love it. They'd love it. They would do. But I think it's time to move on. You know what, Sam? I think it is in more ways than one into our next feature. Yes, Joey. What is our next feature? New, new arrivals. That's what I mean. Move on. Ah, uh, oh, eh? That is good. That's how organised we are this week. Get there, Dan. So we're going to keep it on more St. Johnson-themed content. Let's talk about Saints. We've got some new players in. Not just one. Nor two. Not even three. Do you know where I'm going with this? Four! <laughs> You're right, yeah. Nothing more fancier than that than simple number counting. Four new signings and we will... for Sesame Street. It did. One. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Uh, uh, uh. Count Von Count. <laughs> is that what was that his Frick. name? Count Von Count. Yeah, Count Von Count. That's a dreadful name. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, Fair play to him. Yeah, he made a career out of it. He did. He did awfully well for himself, the boy. Uh, it started off a couple of days before transfer deadline day with the arrival of Ali Crawford. A good signing, I'd say, actually. Is Ali Crawford the one that nutmegged um, Joey Barton when he was at Rangers? Remember how he, that was. I think it was. It, I think it was Ali Crawford that did it. Yeah, it was Ali Crawford who did that. Good lad. Yes, a good lad. Um, obviously, most people know Ali Crawford. Not most people, including us, from his time at Hamilton, including when he nutmeg Joey Barton. Uh, yeah, really good ball playing midfielder. I think. I think that's a great inclusion to the team. I've always kind of rated him. He's he's had his injury woes by all accounts. Yeah, I don't think um, his time down south is quite. I think punctuated by injuries, I think, particularly since he moved to Bolton Wanderers. And because uh, he started, he first moved down, so he went to Doncaster and then he's, um, he was at Bolton, spent a long spell last season at Tramia Rovers. So it's not, again, in, these things can happen really when you get injuries and struggle to get back in the team. To be honest with you, I'd be glad to get out of Bolton Wanderers because I assume they're still a bit of a farce of a football club. Um, I think maybe just try to get out of Bolton in general. Like, uh, no, 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 no. We've all, I've, I've already bought it. I've already had Wigan on my back. Yeah, right, let's go into that briefly. What what happened with that, Dan? Right. So I made a a little joke, <laughs> a lie, because basically, chat encouraged Jason Kerr to reject <laughs> to reject whatever Wigan offered him, because um, no same no same person. This is a quote. No same person in the world would want to live in Wigan. Just to clarify. I do know that footballers don't live where they work or don't necessarily live where they work. Did somebody, which some Wigan fans couldn't grasp. Did somebody, the first comment, say, well, it's only 20 minutes from Manchester. Yeah, I was like, I know, mate. I know, I'm from literally half an hour up the road myself. So, well, obviously they didn't know that. Um, I know they were only, what's it? They were 
getting a bit feisty. You get like that about your hometown. I get feisty when people have a go at Blackpool, but generally not on Twitter. I think what had happened was, I'd put it out there, and then obviously someone had searched either Wigan or Jason Kerr, and I think it was their podcast had then retweeted it, and then I just got a bit of a piley on him. I mean, most of them were all right. I had a little bit of a laugh back with them. Yeah, they were uh, some of them. Some of them were just like, I'm just going to retweet you and make you look a mug. My my favourite one was the one regarding um, thinking St. Johnson was a place. Oh, he was funny. I, I, I don't know if he was taking actually, the mic or not. No, no, he wasn't. I think he was just generally didn't know. Um, but I ended up getting into a discussion with him because I regretted retweeting him because a few people got a bit. I, I ended up Homer Simpson into backing into the hedge on that one. <laughs> a few people started getting a bit narky with him. I ended up having a bit of a discussion with him. He did, but, but his quote was, St. Johnson is hardly a nice place. Terrible weather on a Tuesday night <laughs> playing St. Menon in your tin pot pub league. St. Johnson is hardly a nice place. There you go. Dancing in the yeah. streets and Wraith all over that. But He was watching it. But yeah, so that was an adventure. I tried to get a bike from Preston as well, but I just got, but no, not now do it. Um, I would have enjoyed that more than arguing with people from Wigan. Yeah. Being a good Blackpool lad, but. Don't yeah, look, I'll give Wigan something though. Go on. I'll give him something. You seen the mascot? Oh, the big Krusty the Pie or something he's called. Krusty the Pie? Yeah, it's good. He's, he reminds me of the... I thought Kelly had a mascot. It was very similar to a giant pie. Borfa's got a bridey. That's it. That's exactly what I'm thinking of, yeah. <laughs> Borfa's got a bridey. Yeah, so any pastry-based mascot, you're not going to be as good as Brogan. No, right? of course not. But no. any pastry-based mascot or... You're generally up there with the West Brom boiler <laughs> in my sort of affection. I'm going to get my weekly cricket reference in. But 2020 finals day, right, they have all the mascots in the cricket clubs, like even the ones that aren't in, they haven't made it to finals day. And I got really annoyed one year. Lancashire is my team. They lost in the semi-final, been knocked out. So I was pissed off about that. And then the continued underperformance of Lanky the Giraffe in the mascot race at Edge Bastard. <laughs> What's his name? I think I'd be Lanky the Giraffe. Lanky L, with a L. Right, okay. That's, yeah. that's a bit harsh. Like, yeah. Lanky the Giraffe's continued underperformance at finals day. I think I booted a chair across my front room. <laughs> he should have just stretched his neck out. And you'd think that. You'd think he'd be, when they do the little the L- duck at the... L- yeah, duck over the line. He could literally just nod on the starting line and he's won it. Sort your life out, Lanky. Piece of nonsense. So that's Ali Crawford. <laughs> that's Ali Crawford and Krusty the Pie and Lanky the Giraffe and me going to war with Wigan there we go but if anyone from Wigan's listening I stand by every word right right let's move on uh, we'll go to what could be Kerr's replacement Lars Den Donker 20 year old brother of Leander Den Donker the Wolves player Belgian under 20 player I have nothing to add here my straw clutching in our sort of big group chat the other day was uh, his brother's his brother's pretty good but then by the same token, Ian's brother's pretty good and I wouldn't want Ian turning up at centre-half for Saints. That's Spoonie's brother. Yeah, that's true. So, that's yeah. Like, that's like my uncle Ian was pretty good as well. Again, I wouldn't want my dad playing for, no, Black, playing for Blackburn Rovers. No, I wouldn't trust big Norm in central midfield, to be honest with you. Good winger, Ian. He was the second fastest player in English football behind Ball. Did he do that race? Yeah. Keep, uh, keep... He, was, he was quicker than him. England World Cup winner, Alan Ball. I'll tell you what. He's got everything. He had everything, didn't he, that Alan Ball? He's got everything. He's been deed for several years. Um, got everything. World Cup winner's medal and the title of having beaten your uncle 
to, you know, fastest player in the league. Yeah, did well, did well. Anyway, so have we got anything on Lars Dane Donker? Um, you can't be bad if you're playing age group games for Belgium. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're a good that's, outfit. That's what I've got. We'll, we'll have to see how he turns out. There's actually an interesting point. I'm going to say interesting point. It's probably really dull, but there's something I'll need to raise in a minute. Raise it now. Go for it. You're looking at this. I'm signed another midfielder who we'll come on to in a minute. We're probably a little bit short at the back, although Muller's look pretty good mm-hmm. and seems to be settling. I just wonder, and I mentioned it before, about how Callum's done it is the players, the system fits the players. I'm just wondering whether we might see a bit of a change at the back or a change in formation. Go back I think to it's four. an option. Yeah, because we seem to be a little bit stronger in midfield now than, or a little bit stronger in terms of options in midfield. Mm-hmm. Or depth because we lost Alec McCann, so maybe not necessarily options. But yeah, could maybe go four at the back, but whether that's the best out of Rooney, yeah, it's debatable. So yeah, I just think it's something to keep an eye on. But he's a he's, he's six foot one. Gordon, I'll talk him through games. Maddis Feynman was six foot one, but he's about six foot nine. Yeah, <laughs> hopeless. But I'm hoping more Sahil Yahic than I am hoping Madis Feynman. We don't know. He's a young lad, but a Belgian youngster. He's... Look at our back line. Could have Muller, Dendonka. It sounds like an international team of superstars. It does. It's like Germany at Euro 92 or something. So, no, I think he'll be... You know, we don't know because he's not got any first-team experience. So we'll just have to see. But if you're on Brighton's books and... You're playing, you've played age group football for Belgium. You're probably going to know your way around the football pitch. Correct. Let's move on. One of the ones which kind of kicked people off, St. Johnson kind of, they didn't really read the room. Uh, Ali McCann had just gone and then their Twitter basically said they were thrilled to announce the season-long signing, loan signing of Cammy McPherson from St. Mirren. That was a curveball. Yeah, it was a curveball, actually. It wasn't one I saw coming. I just think he's a good player. Yeah. He is a good player. I don't know. Some players can be out of favour with some teams. He's one of them. He played pretty much every game last season for them. Yeah, I just think it's a bit of a strange one. And the other thing to keep an eye on him with, out of contracts at the end of the season. Which is not a bad thing. If he has a great run, then there'd be no reason why he might want to kick on. He's only 22, which is a great age. Five goals, five assists for St Mirren. So 28 games last season and they found him out alone. I just... Mind you, Saints have had that with a couple of players like Callahan. Kicking myself, I didn't go for him in the summer. But yeah, I just think, you know what? It's going to be one of them. It's probably a dress rehearsal for the lad because he'll be thinking, right, I'm out of contract at St. Mirren at the end of the season. I'm out of favour because they've found me out alone. Here's a chance to impress and maybe secure, secure his immediate future. So yeah, um, I think there's a lad there with a point to prove. Um, he was on loan at Stramra. Stramra. <laughs> he was on loan. He was on loan at Stramra, like <laughs> Ali McCann. So I'm calling Stramra a football factory. Um, <laughs> no, I just think it's. I think he's a good player, and I think for whatever reason, maybe just too many players, too many midfield options at St Mirren. I don't know. You called Stramra the uh, football factory. Imagine that's where the film was based. <laughs> oh my days! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone levering each other on the Stena line. <laughs> <laughs> wow Thanks. you fucking PNL bested 
all the hoolies coming over from Belfast for a tear up. Remember people, the Ross County fans used to come over from, the, they used to go over to Belfast, fly over there and get the ferry over to Stranraer for an away game. That's a, that's a good away trip. That is a proper away trip, that. There was one of them where six of them left on the Friday afternoon, uh, flew into Belfast, got the ferry over, <laughs> and the game was postponed five minutes before the kickoff because <laughs> of weather. <laughs> you got to feel so sorry for them, but brilliant. Oh, wonderful scenes. Oh, you wouldn't care, eh? No, because it'd be absolutely K-lied. Yeah, you'd be straight back on that that ferry straight to Belfast and enjoy the rest of your, your day and night. But I think I think the football would be the only thing that would ruin that trip. It's really about being in Belfast twice, you'd think. Pretty much. I love Belfast. Still there you go. Never been to Belfast? No. Oh, it's brilliant. Me and Lynn went New Year there. Right, let's get to our, our, our fourth and final signing, which has been confirmed. It's been on the cards for a long, long, long time. His work permit is now through. It's raining. It's Vertainen men. He's <laughs> Vertainen men. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of pressure on this good. guy's shoulders, eh? It's, honestly, it's a little bit like Guy Melamed last season. In that the wait's that long, and anyone in any sport, you become a better player when you're not in the side. You become a way better player when you're not in the side. So I don't. The expectation on this lad's shoulders is going to be enormous. I mean, unbelievable. So maybe that needs to be tempered a little bit. He looks good. He looks good from the sort of clips that we've seen from the interview he gave um, on at the back end of last week. He seems a smashing lad. He seems like he's got a really good attitude. Uh, Verdi's trained well and whatnot. So all that's left to do now is for when he gets in the side, we've just got to see how he how he goes about it. It, it is genu- it's genuinely Schrodinger's footballer because we don't really know anything about him. So he could be, could come in, score 25 goals a season, could come in and be the second coming of Peter Fear. That would give me the fear. But genuinely, I'm not being horrible. But it could be. Not that I think he will be, because it looks like he's got a good grounding in the game. And I was going to say, you don't play under-21s for your country unless you're quite good, but Maddis was a full international. <laughs> um, oh. Obviously, didn't quite make the cut. I oh, know, Maddis. We, we are mean to him. Obviously, didn't make, quite make the cut at HJK Helsinki. Uh, moved on. Got a few goals at... Um, at his previous club, Ilvers, I think it's called. Please excuse me if my finish isn't exactly brilliant. So, yeah, he's. we'll see how he goes, but I don't think we want to put all the pressure in the world on the lad. But he's going to have it because the one thing we can't do is score goals. And he's a centre-forward, so... <laughs> pressure's on. <laughs> pressure's on. I actually think this is why I was quite excited about the Ali Crawford signing because I think not only have we got a problem scoring goals, we've got a bit of a problem creating chances and I actually think he's the kind of player that can sort of pick the lock, if you will. Crawford and Davidson in the middle, I think, would be excellent. A great partnership in the middle. Both of them are are ball-winning midfielders. Yeah, absolutely. And Crawford's got that little bit of a when you've had as many sort of players come in, and it has been a lot because it's not just the four lads that signed on deadline day, which is a lot, but you've also got to think, all right, Brown, Brown and Middleton were there last season. It's probably going to be a bit more of a role for Charlie Gilmore, depending on his fitness. Mm-hmm. And Reese Devine's 
only played a handful of games for the club. He's still pretty much a new signing. So I think there is going to be a little bit of a, for a few weeks, things might get a little bit worse before they get better because you're going to have to find the right blend, the right balance, and the sort of basically work out what his best team is. But, it's, you know, Callum Davidson's going to have to do that pretty quickly. We'll get to that at the end of the podcast when we discuss our next opponents, which is Rangers. But you talk about the right blend and balance. You need that for the club shop of shame, Dan. You need something that's going to be terrible. You need something that's going to be outrageously priced. And we need something that is just inexplicable and nothing to do with the football club. And I think we've got one of these this week. We do. But also, we've got another feature where you need the right blend, where you need length, you need width, and you need depth. You need length, you need width, and you need depth. And they didn't have that, you know. That's a full clip. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> oh, the poor sod. Whoever it was, was not up to Shelley's exacting standards. Speaking of that, we actually discussed, we had a, a, a merch brainstorm this week. We wanted to produce a range of Shelley Care, Sex Sips with Shelley Care t-shirts, but we, we don't know how well they would do. Probably not very. I might order one just for me, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, we just order one each. Yeah, that'll do. And if anybody goes, oh, that looks nice. Where can I get one of them? Then we'll see where we we'll go from there. But ready for the club shopping shame, Dan? I'm as ready as I'll ever be, pal. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Shame. This week is a belter, and who found it this week, Dan? It was you, Sam. It was. This one's coming to us from our very own Sam Miller. So Sam Deirdre Miller. There. <laughs> Do not tell people my middle name is Deirdre. Oh, before we get to any of this, we put it to the fine people of Twitter whether the Altrincham FC Cuban tobacco and oak candle should be in the club shop of shame. It was unanimous. It's in. It was terrible. It was terrible, but I felt it had some sort of merit in there. It did. That's why we put it to a vote. And the people have spoken. And we are nothing if not people of the people. <laughs> we are people of the people. For the people. We are the people. No, no, that's, that's the Rangers podcast. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Did you hear about that? This them? isn't heart and hand. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, I was going to go on about that. We say stupid stuff. We're not arseholes. <laughs> Different kind of arseholes. <laughs> Club shop of shame this week. So after the success of the Melbourne City beer pong table, I thought these obscure international clubs must have some terrible merchandise and boy oh boy we could just rename this feature the orlando city fc club shop of shame their shop is full of shame all the shame it is like it is sort of the kingdom hall of steaming steaming shine <laughs> a, ter a terrible terrible amount of rubbish and this one i thought was maybe the topper it's not even up for discussion whether it's going in or not no oh no no it's it's in, but what I'd like to... The debate around... The debate we're going to have this week on the Club Shop of Shame isn't around whether it goes in. It's more going to be... It's not going to be a debate. It's going to be a sort of fact-finding mission to establish, like, what the frig is it? What is it? I couldn't... I, I don't know. I think I, I think I know what it is, but I'm not sure. I'll, I'll take a guess at what I think it is, but tell the fine listeners out there, and I'm not, I was going to use the word... Uh, do you know what I really hate? Zoe Ball when she uses the words telebox in Twitter sphere. No, oh, no, no. <sighs> nah. Come on, Zoe. Dis um, hashtag disgrace to Blackpool. Um, <laughs> what is this week's Club Shop of Shame entrant? Which could go straight to the top. Could go straight to the top. If I, yeah, because I don't know what it is. Right, so this is an Orlando City. So we're going, we're going to the MLS again. So this is an Orlando City SC 2x4 Scarf Cornhole Game Set. 
Now, I think I recognize all of those words. Just not but I have order. no idea. Yeah, it's still the Eric Morgan thing, playing all the right notes, but not necessarily in the right order. I, I know all of those words, but in this sort of put together and in this context and with this product, I have no idea what that means. Right, I'll have a quick Google of it now. I'll, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what a cornhole game is. Cornhole is a lawn game in which players take turns throwing basically bean bags of corn kernels at a race platform with a hole in the far end. It's a game basically you may get out of school. It's basically a big kind of board on a slant, and you try and throw bean bags in it. Basically, we used to do that against the wall with five pigs. That was pitchy, was it not? Pitchy, yeah. That's what that is yeah. basically. What's the description? How does that read? Right. You've worked hard all week, and this is great. <laughs> you've worked, indeed, indeed, I have, Orlando City. Picture the scene. Oh, well, basically, what I've deduced this happened there is Orlando City's marketing department, or Nanny, who plays for them. Anyway, so basically what's been happening is someone at Orlando City, possibly Nanny, <laughs> has been listening to my sort of, I'm listening to this podcast and really taking heed of you know, my sort of rambling bits at the end of, End of this section because you've worked hard all week. Sound really sounds like something I'd start it off with. It would. Right, here we go. I'm gonna get around to it. Right. You've worked hard all week and have been looking to the next big Orlando City SC. Right, SC obviously means soccer club. Oh. Match. Exclamation mark. So the next big Orlando City SC match. Make sure you and your crew are ready for a fun-filled tailgate by adding this Orlando City SC two before scarf version cornhole ball set to your collection of pre-match paraphernalia <laughs> this set comes i'm gonna to get to the end of it this set comes with eight bags and two cornhole boards <laughs> that both feature a noticeably smooth finish because that's really really important and high quality orlando city sc graphics printed at the top of each board right so the graphics that they're talking about are the it's basically like it's a scarf. Okay, that's right. a, that's a scarf element of it. Okay, get that. That's fine. Right, I'm sort of got to grips with what it is now, so we can we can delve into it. First, I'm going to go a description, the bit where so tailgating. Now, I think most people out there know what tailgating is. So I didn't know they did it in in sort of football. No, I didn't know. Either. But you know, people have seen it at the NFL and the baseball and all that. Basically, they turn up to the car park. And the barbecues come out, the cans come out, all that before the game. And basically, a bit of a party in the car park. Yeah. So it actually looks quite good fun. But so it's, I'm trying to think and put it in our terms. It's like going to a pub before the game. If one of us whipped out some sort of beanbag game <laughs> at a dogger before a game, never be welcome back. No. Membership cards would be cut in half, yeah. sort of, before I've even got to the end of the market to throw it. So there is a bit of a function to it, but I think they're selling it to the wrong crowd, if I'm being honest. This is maybe something like kids have put in the back garden. A kid's game. If you're having a family barbecue, keep the kids entertained, set them up, and they can throw beanbags into a hole. Yeah, it's not for, you know, after you've had eight bottles of whatever absolute guff American lager they're drinking. <laughs> so, and yeah, in a car park outside... Yankee State, well, I don't know, obviously Orlando City don't play at Yankee Stadium, but wherever Orlando City play. So I think they're selling to the wrong audience. <laughs> what I will say for it, right, the fact that it comes in a pair, you've got the two cornhole 
<laughs> that just sounds a wee bit dirty, doesn't it? Sounds a wee bit. Yeah. I mean, once you've greased up the car. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dearie mate. Right. Oh. Come on, Danny. Right. We're, gonna, we're trying to get through this week without any blue comedy, and I'm going to fail spectacularly. So we've got... It comes in a pair. So it's good. If it was like... Because you can get a couple of teams going in summer. All right, then. It's, it's end-to-end stuff, is what it is. <laughs> it really is. I'll be honest with you. It is also a little bit pointless, because the same thing can be achieved by going to... What do they have? Walmart or Target and or... Cloud Nine, if you watch Superstore, I'm uh, <laughs> buying a cup. Superstore's good. Yeah. Buying like some little hoops and some beanbags. So basically, I I reckon what's happened here is a company has came to them with this, and they're trying to like, how can we make this a product for the the club? Yeah, I'm also sure this seems to be an actual thing. This cornhole game, mm-hmm. right? So I think you can. I'd imagine you could get a very reasonably priced sort of decent cornhole set from somewhere. But that reasonably price decent cornhole set is not coming from Orlando City Soccer Club. This is the this is the the holy grail of pricing oh, here, isn't it? I this is I mean, we thought the Melbourne City FC beer pong table was a bit on the pricey side. And it was. We were correct. But I gotta tell you, Orlando City Soccer Club, two by four scarf cornhole game set can be yours on sale. At the for the sale price of two hundred and fifty five dollars ninety nine cents <laughs> for eight bean bags and a couple of two befores we're hauling it. That regular is, price three hundred and nineteen dollars and ninety nine pence. That is absolutely outrageous. I'm stunned. It's not often I'm speechless, as everyone knows. Christ on a bike. That is absolutely outrageous. It, it's. It's the most expensive item for the least amount I think I've I've found. VFM, Sam. VFM. Value for money. It's what we look for in life. And this, uh, Orlando City's not providing it. And I've gone right off nanny because of this. <laughs> I've not. But. <laughs> <laughs> I've just gone into Amazon and I can buy a cornhole set with eight beanbags for £19.16. pence. Orlando City, you have bought shame. You have brought shame to them all, to Universal Studios, to Magic Kingdom. I will not be going on Space Mountain again. Because <laughs> of you. So Magic Johnson will be turning in his big comfy chair because he's not dead, is he? No. I think that's the first celebrity we've ever mentioned It's not dead. <laughs> it's a reverse doggers there because normally what we do is we talk about a celebrity and then realise they're dead. But then you've just um, talked about a celebrity thinking he was dead and never realised he was alive. Unbelievable. Well, we are going up in the world. We're trying, to, Miller. we're trying to bring some positivity to the podcast this week. If you've ever seen overexpensive garden games, Danny will give you some examples of such items. Here's, here's what to look out for. Let's wrap. Let's talk. I need you to come to me when you see overpriced garden games. You might not find them that overpriced, but I got to tell you, there will be overpriced garden games out there. I'm going to give you an example because I think these overpriced garden games could well be connected to the wonderful, weird, bizarre world of Scottish football. And there is no club in Scottish football more wonderful, weird, or bizarre than those cheeky scamps, Eric Rangers. <laughs> they are cheeky because they're not even Scottish. 
They are cheeky, exactly. Fucking Geordie's masquerading as <laughs> masquerading as Sky. <laughs> what kind of antics is that? Anyway, so I'm thinking Berwick Rangers, they're now low. They're lowland league. You know what game you're playing when you go low? Limbo. You bang on the money, baby. <laughs> what I want to know, if you see it out there, i got to know, I need to know, I'm yearning to know from you lovely people. If you have ever seen a Berwick Rangers limbo set, you can put it in your back garden, right? You can imagine it now. You've got some cheeky ramekins out. You've made a, your ma's made a Hawaiian punch. Granny, she's had a couple of glasses. She's dancing on the patio furniture. She can't stop the woman, right? I think you, you can't do it. You can't, you cannot stop her. Your old man, he's thinking he can make some concoction on the barbecue involving pineapple with sausages into some sort of kebab. He's failing miserably, but bless him, he's trying. But granny's antics on the patio furniture. By this point, the woman's, dan- the woman's dancing the Charleston on top of the table. But all the while, all the gang, once it all settles down, you enjoy a nice game of Berwick Rangers limbo. You get low, low, low. How lowland can you go? How lowland can you go? That could be their catch, their tagline. Sam, Sam, I love it, pal. <laughs> and if you've seen this out there, if any of you have seen it, Berwick Rangers limbo set with the tagline, how lowland can you go? <laughs> you need to get in contact with us. Come and see your old pal Sam and Dan. And you know how it is. You can get us on Twitter, at Dogger Saints on Twitter. All the usual social streams, at Dogger Saints on Instagram. DoggerSaints.com, the contact session. And the old face EV, stop creeping on your ex's photos with a new partner and dog. Right. And she come and see the boys. Woo, get there. Well, that painted quite a vivid image of uh, your family life and things you get up to on Facebook. No, my grandparents are dead. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to press that button. I did, but I didn't. You're right. Don't right, worry about it. Um, quick story. Um, regarding your concoctions of pineapple and sausage on the barbecue, I forgot my piece at work last week, and obviously my dad's the boss, and he had to nip home and he went, "Could you bring me some food out?" He went, "Yeah, I'll make you a roll." Do you want to know what he put on this roll? I really, really do. Coronation chicken and banana. What the fuck is wrong with him? I don't, he said, oh, he's seen it in a cookbook, and honestly, it was terrible. It looked terrible. I tried it. Fair play. He likes a, he's the kind of, kind of guy that likes an apricot and a salad. Yeah. I mean, people of a certain age are a bit like that. But I was disappointed to say the least, but but not really, because I then drove to the co-op in Bridge of Bern and got myself a steak bridey. Oh, you can't be it. You can't be it. The only thing better than a steak bridey is... Two steak brideys. You ever had the steak and haggis pie from there? Yeah. That's good. Really good. George O'Boyle on the Royal. George O'Boyle on the Royal. Right. We've actually got a George O'Boyle on the Royal. We've got a couple of George O'Boyle on the Royals this week. Um, last week, I'll, I'll apologise again for for uh, using that filler content. We made a mistake. We won't do it again. It was filler content, but we made our point, and that's... Right. By and large, I think you'll agree, all listeners out there, all right? By and large, this podcast about providing St. Johnston-related entertainment. Sometimes, well, entertainment with the Finn guys have been about St. Johnston. But sometimes, we need to be given free reign to settle scores. And we did it. This week on the Review podcast, 
they 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 use the phrase "get there." I know they did. Yeah, I'm aware of that. <laughs> but we're not going to we're not giving them any more. No, air. no, we're not talking about. We're not talking about. No airtime for them, guys. Let's move on. George O'Boyle in the Royal is our feature on where you've seen St. Johnson players out and about. Maybe in their own home. Maybe buying a pie. Where have we seen them in previously, Dan? We've seen them in blockbuster videos in the nineties. We have seen them bowling. We have seen them in zap zones. We have seen them in a place which, again, we're going to mention today. But we'll get to yes. that one. But we'll get to we'll the get, first one. Yeah, we've also seen. We we we've also started to come full circle. As we clarified with our guest this week, Stephen Anderson, we've started to provide answers to all boils. Which is even better. Yep, you're right. Oh, do you know, we never asked Jim Weir if he was written Die Hard or if he has ever rented Die Hard when he was on a couple of weeks back. We'll get him on again. Yeah, okay. he said anytime. I, I take that literally. <laughs> he wasn't just being polite. <laughs> anytime. All right, we'll get you on next week. So the, the first George Weir of the Royal this week is from our good listener and former theme team winner, Alex. Yeah, so this is in from uh, one of our regular listeners, really lovely lad, our pal Alex. Alex is a good lad, and I'll tell you for why. I was dropping off his theme team winning mug to him, and he'd made me a teal magenta kind of paracord bracelet. And it was a bloody lovely thing. What a guy. That is a lovely thing to do. I was going to post a photo of it in our Dogger Saints account because I had it on one night, and I'd left it at my mum's house. But I'll grab it, uh, and I loved it. It was great. Lovely thing. So oh, thank you, Alex. That's a smashing thing. What a, what a nice lad. And yeah, I'm sure you'll be out on the town soon enough and staying at your mum, so you'll be able to pick it up. Anyway. <laughs> when I'm not being mm-hmm. sick in our car. I know, yeah, listen to that. We, we may have had to listen back to old episodes today and discovered that gem. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, moving on and moving on up, like <laughs> the end, people. <laughs> so... <laughs> Alex, anyway, he's turned up to a colleague's house a few months ago to collect a set of keys uh, for a site that he had to install some IT equipment in. Said so a man opens the door and he looked familiar, but that on himself. So he asked if he could get the, the keys for the site and his colleague, Yvonne, was expecting him. It's familiar. He, he discovered today, in a totally GDPR compliant way, Yvonne's surname has changed to Weir. And of course, as we know, there was... He won him a couple of weeks ago. Who did he see? He saw Jim Weir. He was at Jim Weir's house and didn't even recognise him. Yeah, he said, long story Long story short, on a summary, went to Jim Weir's house during lockdown, and he says he thinks Jim must have been standing there thinking, who's this right weirdo squinting at me? He said, Alex had a look all over his face that was like, I think I know who you are, and I don't want to say it. In fact, he's used a good good bit of rhyming slang. He said he had that look all over his Chevy Chase. <laughs> nice. Also, Alex Alex has done himself down here. He said he he said he, it wasn't a particularly good entry. I think it was a good entry. I think it was. Any entry is a good entry. If you've seen any Saints player in any surroundings, we encourage you to send them in to us. What was the, the... I'm a bit confused about the site. We need more backstory. Keys for a site. What we installing? What do you do? What was happening? Where does Yvonne work? No, don't tell us that because it's nothing to do with us. But, no, no. <laughs> But we're not doing no, we can't do that. That's not GDPR compliant. It is not, and we are very much GDPR compliant. Mr. Worldwide when it comes to GDPR. You're the anyway, pit bull of the GDPR world. I don't even work in GDPR. I do work under the constraints of GDPR. Everybody, everybody does. Everybody does. Everybody works under the constraints of GDPR. Anyway, so that was a really good one from Alex there. I'm gonna move on though. Sam, we've got a double double header, a double dunter, as you might say. I would say a double dunter. Now, this, now this is a little bit um this is a little bit shorter 
I used to come in from our our pals at All Things St. Johnston. Uh, really good little website. What did they do? They do all of the things. All, they do all of the things. Well, it's in the name, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, um, yeah, really good website. Give them, check them out. And uh, two really talented uh, lads run that. So, well, well, they got in touch. One, Obviously, one of them's got in touch. So, you saw Callum Hendry and Liam Gordon going for a Costa in Brahman yesterday. Now, Sam, I got to tell you. I love a coffee. I like a coffee. In fact, my my doctor has recently told me um, the amount of coffee and tea I drink is in the bracket of uh, bordering on dangerous. So, <laughs> but I don't think I love a coffee as much as Liam Gordon, seemingly. He's always out for a coffee. He's always out for a coffee. The amount of times I have seen him out, well, I've not seen him, but we've had loads of old boy on the Royals where he's been having a coffee. He's been having coffee in, in Bramond. He's been having coffee in Bridge of Allen, if I remember rightly. All the hot spots. Coffee but, daft. He's coffee daft, but you know what he's not a member of, despite being coffee daft? Go on. He's not a member of the El Paz Coffee Club. He is not. The six founding members... Do you know what? Here's another good thing. The six founding members were not disbanded during the transfer window. That was the biggest thing. All of them are still together. We've got Elliot Parrish, Craig Bryson, Scottish International, Xander Clark. We've got Stevie May, Liam Craig, and David Witherspoon. There's the six. The six founding members of the El Paz Coffee Club. May have sold the club captain and our best player, but the coffee club's still together. And that's the real quiz. Right. Elliot Parrish is in, he's got his mug. They've all got their mugs. And his exact words were, I got my mug, absolute class. If it's El Paz endorsed, that is, that is a top level endorsement, right? That, is, that, that shows what kind of co- top quality paraphernalia this is, right? The El Paz Coffee Club. El Paz endorsed, right? And you know what? But if you want to join the Groovy Gang, you can you can get yourself one. That is how you become a member of the El Paz Coffee Club, by getting yourself a mug. And to celebrate El Paz receiving his mug and to celebrate the wonderful transfer window we're having, we're having a Steve Brown sale. I'm giving it away. We're giving it away. So what we're doing... So what we're doing is to... Um, Honour the transfer window debacle. We're undervaluing our El Paz Coffee Club mugs and damn near giving them away. Giving them away. I, I gotta tell you, going bonkers. You can call us the crazy doggers if you want because these, these mugs, these fine pieces of fine bone china. I'm sure they are. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. They, we, we were retailed. We're retailing them at £7.99. £7.99. I mean, I don't think that's an unreasonable price. I've got to tell you. But... I control the I control the shop. I am pressing North End. I have came in and I've lowballed, lowballed the mugs to three pound ninety five pence. That Sam, you, you, you're giving them, you're practically giving them away, pal. <sighs> but they are El Paz endorsed. Uh, they feature this definitely not the Starbucks logo with the main man himself taking centre stage of that logo, saying El Paz Coffee Club established twenty twenty one. The Dogger Saints logo in the back, and you can enjoy a range of beverages from it, be it hot ones, cold ones. Maybe beefy drinks, if you prefer a bovril. <laughs> the world's your oyster, my friend. The world is your oyster. It doesn't even have to have a hot drink in it or a cold drink, any drink. It doesn't even have to be a drink. I've seen people use them as pen holders. I have done. Yep, I have seen that. For people that don't like a hot beverage, it, it's, it's multifunctional. El Paz enjoys a coffee in it, which is probably the right thing to do for the El Paz Coffee Club mug. But if you want to be a member of the El Paz Coffee Club, go to doggersaints.com, scroll down to the mug, which has got El Paz's face in it. It says sale, and it says £3.95. You must think I'm mad. 
Well, I do, mate. I did anyway, but I certainly do now. <laughs> so if you want one of them, we'll get one to you as soon as physically possible. But back to George O'Boy on the Royal. But when he's not enjoying all things 90s, when he's not listening to Now 27 on CD, double CD. You just can't whack it. I tell you, you what, here's an endorsement for something that isn't podcast related. On the BBC Scotland channel, I think it is, every Friday night between 9 and 10, you get old Top of the Pops on. They've been doing them chronologically since the, the kind of mid-80s. We're now in 1991, and there were some belters on last week, Dan. The Shame and Move Any Mountain was on. And it, we're on week three of Brian Adams' Anything I Do, I Do For You at number one. Week three of, was it 17 weeks it was number one for? All right, well, I think it's still the record, or did the weekend's high or something? Something like that. I think Drake was up that, there as well. Drake, that would have been the one. Anyway, speaking of shaman, my dad used to share a flat with um bass player out of shaman <laughs> in Aberdeen. I'm not even kidding. So it was just one of them things, because like back in the 80s, I remember the 90s, do love the 90s. Do love the 90s. Um, so either before I was born or when I was very, very young, um, my old man used to work up in Aberdeen. Obviously, you just end up in digs. Like, I think probably gas board sort of digs out or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, ended up with um, sharing a flat with Willie Sinnott. Are they still touring the shaman? Well, Willie Sinnott isn't. Dead. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. I have to break it to you. Unfortunately, um, yeah. Yeah, Willie's, uh, Willie's no longer with us. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the fact he's dead. I'm laughing at the fact that we, we seem to cover quite a lot of dead celebrities. Absolutely no means of our own. Just it just seems to happen. We really do. And yeah, you know, you sort of... It's pretty bleak, isn't it? It's is pretty bleak, but let's move on to happier times. So, St. Johnson have had hundreds of players over the years. I mean, you're, you're probably looking at the thousands, pal. And they're, they're out there. Most of them are out there somewhere. Certainly ones from our timeline. And, you know... They're always up to something, Sam. They're always up to something. They are. And you need to know what to look out for if you see a St. Johnson player out and about. Now, I've got a friend with, with me right now who can give some examples. And I'm going to pass you over to him. It's Danny. Sam, they call me Danny the example. I've got so many examples. And I'm going to share a couple with you, my good pal, and with the listeners out there. But can I interject? Do you think, uh, example, the, the, the DJ rapper, he wasn't a rapper, what was he? Example. What would you classify him as? A musical, a hit maker. Do you think he would like to give examples of things? Is that why he was called it? <laughs> he would. I'm sure he would. But I don't think he'll do him with quite the pizzazz that I do. Do you know why, he's, do you know why he's called example? Don't know. Because his name's Eric, uh, something with a G, so it's EG, example. That's why. It's a true story. Good. Sorry, carry on. I'm, I'm, good I'm, for him, Noah. I'm good for him. I'm interrupting and your flow. You... Go for it. If, no, no, but have you seen uh, Eric G, or popular known as Example, or have you seen Warren G out there? <laughs> I'd really like to know if you've seen Warren G. Oh, yeah. But what I'd like to know more, Saints players. Yes. Where have you seen them? What are they not saying? Have they been regulating with Warren G? <laughs> the Nate Dog and the Warren G, they had to regulate. Elliot Gleave. Sorry. Elliot Gleave. Good. <laughs> right. So, Satis, I need to know where you've seen them and what have they been doing. And I'll, you, you, know, you let us know by all the social streams. I'll go through them in a minute. But I'm going to give a couple of examples just to get the juices flowing, just to marinate that thought meat that you've got. And here we go. And today, Sam, we've mentioned it before. We mentioned the John Connolly era. I'm going to concentrate on a couple of signings from then. But the other thing we've mentioned, Sam. Go on. Beverages. 
Yes. What beverage you can drink out of your El Paso Coffee Club mug? Yeah. I want to give you a couple of examples from the John Connolly era. So if you seen Million Pound Man about 25 years ago, Paul Bernard <laughs> surfed up for Saints late in his career. Now staycations are all the rage, Sam. They're all the rage. Scotland, we got some beautiful spots for a sort of, what do you call it, a staycation, but a holiday, a holiday in the country where you live. Western Isles, I'm thinking the beautiful, the beautiful scenery, the beautiful beaches, a beautiful rugged coastline. And you can think about it. You can think about the sort of great, the great scenery. And what would be an appropriate beverage for that? You've got it, the national drink, Buckfast. <laughs> if you've seen Paul Bernard walking along a beach on the Western Isles, sipping out of a quarter bottle of uh, Buckfast out of that, out of that wee pocket of his, you let me know. I think he's doing it. I think I think a few of you might be able to spot him. So you go and let the boys know. Other one, friend of the show, Kieran McInespy, came back under John Connolly for his second spell at the club. Now, Kieran, he's a man of, I think he's a man who enjoys the good life. I think he enjoys all the beauty spots of Europe, the south of France, the Balearics, Falaraki. And if you see him in any of those hot spots, if you sit him there drinking a pina colada and getting caught in some unseasonable rain, <laughs> I think it's happening to old Kiri Mac. And you let us know. And you know how to let us know? All the usual social streams. Dogger Saints on Instagram. Dogger Saints on the Twitter. Doggersaints.com, the contact section. And the old facey beat. You stop looking at the <laughs> You stop looking at those memes your mouth sharing. <laughs> you let the boys know. And we'll get you on air. Get there! <laughs> nice. Um, do you know what my, my auntie Liz always does? Is uh, shares these missing dogs that go missing in America. Shared Perth. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> Classic. Oh, bless them. Yeah. Uh, go. My sister, my youngest sister, Rach, she um, yesterday shared a post for a missing parrot in Blackpool. If you've seen a parrot anywhere near Blackpool, let, so it should be nice because the illumination start this weekend, which is good news. The Loomies? The Loomies uh, are opening. It's, white, it's the wombats that are opening it. Oh, we're a parody of ourselves. We've really gone downhill somewhere, haven't we? We're not even Black... No, Blackpool, I mean. I mean, Black, Womble, the Wombles were from Wimbledon. What? The Wom no, Wombles, you tit. The Wombats, the band, as in Let's Dance to Joy Division. Oh, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the Wombles? I thought you said the Wombles. The Wombats. But anyway, shall we move on? I think we'd better add. I think so. Let's move on. Uh, let's go to our busiest feature of the episode as per its theme team. have a lot to talk about so we put out a fairly generic uh, one to kind of use as filler but it turns out it's been the busiest episode ever yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna do well to keep this down to our usual sort of timings which is already pretty long but we will go but well done to absolutely everybody that sent in one of our theme team suggestions uh, on the basis of food this week there's some brilliant answers here. I can't read them all out because there's so many, so I've handpicked the best ones. And then what we'll do is at the end, we'll, we'll go away and then we'll post our three or four favourites for you to pick. Um, well done last week again to SGFC fans who have once again won. Yeah, two weeks running with Chris Ewolemu Nation. I mean, he's not getting two mugs, he's getting one and I'll give him a, a, a 90s tote bag. I think that's fair. I'll tell you what, I don't see what more you could want. 
nah, he's, he's done well. So here's joined here today's list. It's long. Sit back and enjoy I, I the do, food ride. I do, I do want to, I'm, I'm excited for this. We'll start with Tom Walsh, who sent in through the contact section on doggersaints.com. Uh, Rowan Vine Tomatoes. I like it. <laughs> it's good. It's wrong. Michael O'Hala Ranch Dressing. Oh, superb. Teddy Lukic. He never lets us down at Teddy Lukic on Twitter. <laughs> He's good. Uh, Lynn came up with, and somebody else has seen it as well, a couple of you came up with it, uh, Stevie Mayonnaise. Yeah, no, no, it's, a, it's a good one. Craig Smith went down a slightly left field route in terms of food. He went for Piso McDonald's and Jody Morrison's. Can't argue with either of them. Alan Main Course, Stuart McDonald. <laughs> I like that. Um, what else have you got? Paddy Craig and Chips and Darnell Fisherman's Pie. Both by Dave McDonald. Ah, oh, very good. He could have gone Fisherman's Friends. Some good Fleetwood, some good Fleetwood cough sweets that'll blow your tits off. Ah, they're terrible. Stevie McGilvery, good friend of the show. John Paul McBride and Paul Cherry Bakewell, both brilliant. Oh, very good. Very good, Stevie. I like this one um, from Steve Oswald. Jelly McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this one, I don't know why this one tickled me. So, oh, sorry. Steve, Mc, uh, Steve McGilvery's um, daughter gave us James Brownie, which is simple yet effective. That is really good. It is good. There's also, we've got, this one I really liked. I don't know why from Cole on Twitter. Flan Sandaza. Brilliant. <laughs> um, Andy Burns came out with a couple of belters this week. Uh, Hagen Dazovich. Excellent. We'll boil in the bag rice. Very good. <laughs> I've seen a couple of them ones. They were excellent. Um, I like it from Scott Robertson. Goran Skranich. Excellent. Yeah, good work. Uh, Alex, again, he popped up in the show a couple of times. His daughter gave us one, which was a double dunter. We like a double dunter. This is we do like a double dunter. Macaroni cheese. Brilliant. Well done. That's Tremendous. I actually seen another one from Blair Keller on Twitter. It was Mac uh, macaroni D's, which is all three. Which is that's there's value for money in that one. There is more bang for your buck, baby. In your words, get there. The, the good words, mate. The good words. I can't deny it. Uh, SGFC fans who surely can't win for a third time, but it's not up to us. Sergi Baltacos, Jordan North Cottage Pie. Oh, oh, that's so good. Derek Ryer Danish Pastry. <laughs> Grant Murray's Pies. He's gonna win again. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very good chance. Uh, let's go back to the list. We have got Stevie Mass Greyfish. That's really good. Andy Gannon. Andy! The man. He's, coming, he's, he's, he's had an upturn in form. He has. He's, he's still got the odd terrible one in there, but he's, he's, he does, he's done, doing pretty well. Kev Heller again sent us in 40, so I had to handpick some of the best ones in there, so well done again. Thanks for them, Kev. Brilliant. Really appreciate them. Broccoli Croft, Daniel McBream, and Jam Scobie. Oh, they're all good. Very good. I like this one from Jamie on Twitter. Prawn Rooney. Ah, oh, brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely tremendous. Danny Invincible from Ken. Very good. Uh, Joe Goodwillie. Keish Watson. Ah, oh, that's really good. Mushy Pizzo from Chris McLaughlin. And the last one on the list, Sloppy Joe Shaughnessy. Ah, oh, they're all good. They're all very, very good. And that last one was from Neil Tilson. Sloppy Joe's always remind me of Sunday League football because... We always, the biggest turnout of our Sunday league team was when we played away to Ormond's because if you're the host pub, if you're the home team, you put on food after the game yeah. and Ormond's put on like a big vat of mince and just buttered rolls. So basically everybody had sloppy joes. That's tremendous what you effort. want after football. Absolutely tremendous effort. Uh, so yeah, brilliant. We all pick four, three or four out of that list. Every single one of them is belters. 
every single person that sent something in, brilliant. Uh, there was also about 19 Murray, Murray Pies or Murray's Pies um, for Murray Davidson as well. So well done to absolutely everybody. We absolutely love them. An absolute fine selection. Richard Sutherland as well, shout out, who contributes every week. A brilliant selection. It'll be difficult, very difficult to pick a winner out of that lot. Extremely difficult. So once again, we're bottling it. Yeah, we're going to put it to you guys, but again, we'll let, we'll we'll pick some through the week and let you know. But it's time to move on. I feel. Oh, we know we need a topic. We need a topic for next week. We do, and I'm excited. I've got a topic at hand, and I've also managed to think for once, for the first time, I've managed to think of an example. Oh. So the topic we're going to go with. This isn't just because I thought of an example, but you know we like the wide ranging topics. We do. So we're going to go with retail. Good. So shops, so so yeah, basically shops, high street, when we used to have high streets, emporiums, whatever. So the example we're going to give, have you got any you can think of? Sorry. Top of my head, Nigel Hassel, Bank of Scotland. Brilliant. I've got James Dunnell Mill. <laughs> oh, that is good. Well done, you. Well done. You've Finally, finally you've cracked it. <laughs> there we go. And just like that, that I'm back in the game. We will put a post out on Tuesday. Actually, forgotten. I only went out on Thursday this uh, last week. So, get your entrance into us in the world of retail and St. Johnson players Stramash together. What oh. could it? Good word, eh? Stramash. What a word. Yeah. Let us know. But let's let's move on to bloody another feature. Feature rich. Coming out of our ears. Alphabet there. Alphabet. Alphabet there. Alphabet. Alphabet. The letter H in our big massive A to Z of St. Johnston. We've had Aggies on the list. Brown family. <laughs> Thank God they went in then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we did that a few weeks ago. Cup double. Ah, that was good. What was D? Davidson. SS or Kaiser Spore. Fear. George O'Boyle. What could H have been? Will you put your suggestions to us? Could it have been big suggestions were Hamburg? One of St. Johnson's greatest ever results in Europe. Henry Hall. Yeah, legend. A Rolls Royce of a football player, some would say. Probably me. Yeah, Hamilton away. That, that, that definitely does not deserve to be in there. No, we do have to take the rough one smooth, but... It's not something I want reminded of on a daily basis. Hamden, who had a bloody good time <laughs> there recently. Second home. A couple of people suggested Hodgie. Now, you might ask, who's Hodgie? Apparently, he was a man, well, a St. Johnson fan between the 80s and 90s who once fainted at Monaco because he got that excited. I like that. Yeah. And the best of it is, there was more than one suggestion for that. There was, which is, so, a, a great shout out for them. But by the time we posted it up, it was after the, the transfer split. So there was also half price, ham fisted. How many loans are we allowed? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, how does Steve Blaine sleep at night? And hilarious. So all these things were kind of, maybe my timing wasn't great for this one. Well, I don't see how we could have avoided it, but. Hungry for chicken and street so pies was a good H. Oh. After my own heart. Hagiography, which is the study of saints. Saints. Which is a great also, age. Um, also a very good book by Alistair Blair. It is a very good book. And Hibernian for their major contribution to our most successful ever season. So a good yeah, selection. Kept, we kept punting them. Yeah, we did. Aye. But we did. Punting them all over the camp. But the H we are going to go for is something which St. Johnson are famed for. And it's been recognised on a UK scale. Now, you go to these English Premier League clubs like your Arsenals and your Man Uniteds and 
Chelsea's. Their match day experience for for clientele, uh, for businesses that go there, they get wined and dined and get all these fancy sweets. But only about a couple of years back, Man City got first place in the grand scheme of things. Then it was Arsenal. And then it was St. Johnston for their <sighs> hospitality. We've got a little bit self-indulgent on this one, mainly because me and you, Sam, we enjoy a day out. We do enjoy a day out. There's no finer way to do a day out than a day at hospitality. But it is something Saints should be very, I think, rightly proud of it because if you've never done it, do it. It's You get a group of mates together, and that's the beauty of it. It's not just that you've got a hospitality to football. Getting a group of mates together, it's a bit different. Getting suited and booted and get a lo- you know, lovely meal, however much you can sup, and you just have a damn fine day. You do. It's something special, and the players come down and speak to you. Last time we were there, Richie Foster came down and spoke to us, and then he moved to the other side of the table because one of my mates' drunk uncles was uh, pestering him slightly, so he, he kind of hightailed it pretty quickly. But the hospitality made down if you've not done it, is, is brilliant. It's legendary, and it's great value for, for, for what you get. And you're well looked after from the start of the day to finish. You do feel special. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It's a tremendous day out. And that's what it's all about. Good times. Good times. We're here to bring the good times. Oh, I believe we are, Sam. It is. But uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to put hospitality in there because we think it's something St. Johnson are famed for. Like I said, coming third in the British Football Awards. St. Johnson coming third out of the 140-odd teams is something pretty special. Just shows you how good their hospitality is up there. And also this week, there's been factions developing among Saints fans. <laughs> but something we can all, everyone can agree on is we all like a good day out and we all like a good day out of hospitality. We do. We do indeed. And well done for everybody up at St. Johnson for keeping it consistent over the years. It's never dipped in form. Like I said, the value of it is still incredible. It's, it's great stuff. So I think it's a deserving age. And that was actually Kev Heller who suggested uh, hospitality through Facebook. So... Uh, well done to him for getting that. It's, it's not getting a prize, but well done to him for uh, <laughs> for for suggesting that. Now, you're going to be hard pushed next week. We've got I. I don't know. Yeah. And we'll leave it at that. So you lot, get your thinking caps on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thought, oh, the A to Z would be great. We never thought of anything to do with X's and I's and all these obscure letters with very little. But I'm sure you could come up with something. We're not thinking it to our heads. This is for you guys to come up with something. We'll try and get this out pretty early to give you plenty a whole week's worth of thinking time. But let us know what you think. What what should cover the letter I on the St. Johnson A to Z? Right. The international break soon to be over. Back to league form. We had opening matches of St. Mirren, Motherwell, Dundee United, Ross County. Not ideal. But only lost one. Now we've got Rangers coming into town. Yeah. It's, right, I'm going to try and be serious here for a minute. Nah, don't. Because we're, right, it's not, we've not had the start we would have wanted. We never did. Last season we won four out of our first 17 games. Let's be honest. Yeah, I know. But we'd have liked more, a lot more than what we've got out of the first sort of 12 points available. Particularly with the run of games we've got coming up. And it starts with the toughest there is at the minute. There's no two ways about it. The best side in the league, by, I'd still say, a fair old distance. Yeah. So, yeah, with what's going to be a new look side, I'm struggling to try and be positive here. I, do you think you will put in any of the new boys or do you think you'll go with, like, Craig and Davidson in midfield, uh, maybe Miller at the back to keep it pretty much the same as with, without throwing too many of the new guys in, maybe introduce them slightly? 
I think I think there's a very very decent chance that that's going to be the case. Um, I don't think anyone's going to get thrown to the walls. So there we go then. All four new loan players will start the match on <laughs> on Sunday as we as we as as we're often wrong on the on the Dogger Saints podcast. But you know what? They went to Tannadice and lost. We've we've not played badly. It's the same as last season. We're playing a couple of maybe done better, but we've had a two week break which they've not had since. I don't think they had a day off in August. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That is the one, the caveat we've been making for weeks is the fact that we've been playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. It catches up with you, in particular for lads that maybe aren't used to that volume of games. And in- indeed, a manager who's not used to that volume of games and is learning how to manage his squad. I think, I genuinely believe, we'll see a massive difference in sort of, not just the physical fitness, but the mental sort of freshness. Yeah. Because it, it does take it out of you. It will have taken it out of them mentally. So I think we'll see a lot of fresher side. And, you know, Rangers is, gonna, it's going to be difficult, but I don't remember a game against them last season where we played badly at all. Yeah. We've got to go in with a plan. It'll be the same plan as last time. We've got to try and stifle them. What they've got, because chances, we've not been creating many chances as it is. And there's going to be no Middleton. But, so chances are going to be at a premium. Chances have been at a premium anyway, even more so against Rangers. So when we do get that opportunity, because it will come along, there will be one or two opportunities that come along. they have got to take them. But I hope I hope it's really not a, a, a bad game because we've got a wedding on the Friday night. So we're going to turn up there at half 12 or 12 o'clock. Pretty rough. And then potentially right. we're going through to transmit straight after. So it could be a ropey couple of days. Oh, it's it's going to be, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not looking forward to that Sunday. There's a vacant armband. There is a vacant armband, you're right. Now, I've seen a lot of, I don't think it's it's necessarily cut and dry. I get this. I've whittled this down to five candidates. I think really it's going to work itself down to two. Right, the candidates I've got. El Paz. El Paz, <laughs> Reese Devine. Charlie Gilmore. Charlie Gilmore. Jordan Northcott and Sam Denham. And what a fine, what a fine selection you got to pick from that. No, I, I've willed it down five, and for different reasons. And really, it's going to come down to. I think you've got three senior players there, all of whom, in their own way, would make a very good club captain. Who's the three go? Liam Craig. Yeah. There's Murray Davidson. The other senior player. I'm going to have to clarify this because he doesn't strike you as an obvious captain. But Spooning. Liam Craig is probably the obvious one. All things being equal, he's probably the obvious sort of candidate, but he doesn't play every week. Not that that necessarily makes a difference at present, but it just depends how they want to go with it. Murray Davidson, you probably see him and Liam alternating a little bit. Uh, but I th- yeah, obviously Murray's Murray has his own ways about him, but I don't see how he won't be a decent captain. The wild card I had as an influential voice in the dressing room, sort of a senior player now, but also one with a long way to go. A long-term one is Xander. I don't yeah. like goalkeepers as captains. Yeah, I was I was thinking Xander. So yeah, so basically we've whittled it down to it inadvertently. Liam Craig, and if when he's not playing, right, we agree Liam Craig should be captain, but if he's not playing, Liam Gordon or Spinney. Now I wouldn't I wouldn't I would want my club captain to be playing every week anyway. I don't I'd keep Liam Craig as vice captain. It's not a bad way of going, saying Liam's club captain and then you've got a vice captain who's or a team captain, you could say. Spinny? I quite like having a central player. 
either one of centre halves or a centre midfielder as captain. Liam Gordon's the loudest lad on the pitch. Yeah. But as you say, he's sort of he already even though Jason Kerr was captain and a very, very good captain, I might add, in his own way. Liam was the voice. Liam was really the leader of the pack at the back. Liam mm. Gordon, sorry. He was really the leader of the pack. He was a talker. He was the one as a central defender. Still is. Still is. Yeah, absolutely still is. And that's going to become even more important. Spoonie is a model professional. He's not a loud lad, but he's got I think the, he has different qualities as a captain. He's got, the respect, <clears throat> he's got the respect of the dressing room. He has got the respect of the dressing room. I don't know who I'd give it to. <laughs> so to Spoonie's good- also been vice-captain briefly before, I think. Yeah. In, in all but name, I think. No, he's been captain. He has captain the game, as has Liam Gordon. They're both captained at some point. Yeah, Liam Gordon captained at Parkhead last year, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it so, depends on Callum, who Callum sees fit. He's the one who's going to make the decision. I think long-term, if you're looking long-term, because Jason Kerr, you think about it, maybe actually he got given, Tommy Wright gave him the armband. Maybe there was a bit of kidology there that he wanted to maybe fend off some bids or whatever mm-hmm. or keep him sweet. But he obviously got the armband at a really young age. Yeah. And it was a very forward-thinking move. Liam Gordon's a little bit older. Spoonie's not, Spoonie's a couple of years older still. I don't know. I don't know how you play this. So the, maybe you're maybe you're onto something. Liam Craig would be club captain and then so, someone else. So the runners and rider you reckon Xander, Gordon, Spoonie, Craig, Davidson. Davidson. And I'll pass. Obviously. Obviously. But we'll, we'll put it to a vote like everything else. And we've got another vote coming up in our last, our vote last vote. feature. A new feature. The month of August has come and gone. And it's had its ups. And it's middles, a couple of downs. But what we need to know is who has been your player of the month or AKA top dogger? Good name. Yes, this is what we want to know. We're going to put it to a vote. We have got, we're now going to, this is something we've been discussing for quite a while. We're going to put it into practice now. The, the Dogger Saints podcast player of the month or top dogger. Top dogger who will win a trophy. We have got them. We have got the silver, sorry, the silver plated stainless steel Dogger Saints dog bowl. <laughs> Done a lot of stupid things in the 29 episodes since we started this podcast. This might be the most stupid thing we've done. Not giving a player a month award out, but giving them a dog bowl as a trophy. But it's got, it's engraved. I say engraved, it's written with a Sharpie. <laughs> it's, a nice, it's, a, it's a nice looking thing. You get what's it. When Murray Davidson wins it, he's got his Scotland cap, he's got his medals, and then a freaking dog ball. Top dogger of the month, I think you'll find. Top dogger. Who's the runners and riders for this? Right. So we both put a suggestion forward. You want to put two. I'm just going to put one forward. Go for your one. Xander Clark. He was going to be one, he was one of my ones, but it's all right. Xander Clark, go on. Put your case forward for Xander Clark being top dogger of the month. I think this has been the... I know we broke the record for clean sheets. I think this has been the finest spell of forms and the Clark has had. It's resulted in him being given a Scotland call-up, but even if he hadn't got that, even if he hadn't got that, I think I'm just noticing improvements in the lad's game week in, week out. He's always been a fantastic shot stop, always. And I know it's daft because every goalkeeper should be a really good shot stopper, but he has always pulled off absolutely fantastic saves and he's continued to do that, probably at a higher rate than he was before it, even. But his command of his box has been a marked improvement. He's sort of punching and catching at the sort of appropriate times. I think his decision-making in that regard has 
been tremendous. I think his distribution's improved. And I think one of the big reasons we were still in either of those European ties going into second leg was because of Xander Clark's performances in the first leg. Yep. of each of those ties and I think he's been superb in the league as well yeah he has done and he deservedly as a front runner in there for to be top dogger I want to put in I could have put in three we'll pick one each I could I was thinking Chris Kane for his goals against Galatasaray and Lask how important they were in our European campaign I also want to put in Murray Davidson for his both performances against Lask home and away he was everywhere but I'm going to plump with a man who has recently left the club that's going to be nice when Preston get a dog bowl sent through the post Ali McCann, it was my choice for uh, top dog of the month. He's been outstanding, simple as that. I've got nothing no else question. to say. He's been, every single game he has played, he has looked the part. Apart from Ross County in the first game of the season where he missed a penalty and I thought he, a couple of slack passes. But other than that, I thought he was superb against Galatasaray, picked Galatasaray away especially. Actually, and home, and last away, and last home. And honestly, he's been brilliant. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with you there, Sam. And he's going to be such a... Tremendous loss, but tell Arnold's performance is why he was a man in much demand. Indeed, yes. And I'll just hope when we go to the boat that his move away hasn't soured his, his reputation with Saints and he gets a fair crack of the whip for the, for the top dogger trophy for the month of August. Right, and before we go, we've got a new kind of half feature. We call it, basically it's a, the Dogger Saints notice board. Just came up with that there and then, think it works. I like it. If you've got anything that you want to announce, if you've got any charity events or if you've got anything you want to plug, let us know and we will give it a wee shout. Even happy birthdays. We're more than willing to say happy birthday to somebody. Oh, well, we'll do it with razzmatazz. Avec <laughs> le bells and whistles. <laughs> Good French. Good French. My announcement this week is... Are you a painter and decorator? You time served? Have you got a vehicle? My good friend Alistair McCaskill is looking to take somebody on because of the volume of work he has got. So... If you're a time here painter and decorator and looking for work, he's ready to go. So get in touch with us and we'll pass your details on to him. Dan. Yeah, get on yeah, get on board if you if you can help Alistair out and obviously get yourself some gainful employment in the process. Now I've got a I've just got a little announcement. This comes from a good friend of ours and um for the listener, Dave McPhee. And this is about uh, from on behalf of Saints Community Trust. So this is a this is something they're running at the minute, the Saints Community Trust, and it's called Saints Times Past. So this is a message. Are you a lifelong Saints fan? Yes. Have you followed? Thanks, Sam. <laughs> so you're in, apart from the next bit. <sighs> Have you followed St. Johnston through the 1950s, 60s, 70s, and 80s? No. But you have through the 90s. <laughs> Big fan of the 90s. But you're not actually asked about that. No, it's 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Saints in the community are looking to provide a new opportunity for supporters to meet socially and learn more about the club and its history. So it is proposed that the group will have opportunities to organise guest speakers, media insight, club and members memorabilia and old footage of games. So they're looking to set up a group. We'll get this out on our socials, um, but it's inviting supporters to read our full proposal and complete a short online survey. And as I say, after the episode's gone to air, we'll post this out on on our socials. That's a good idea. It's a very good idea, isn't it? It's nice. Talk about all all things yonder. You got to do it. You do. That's a nice social thing as well. People like talking about old old timey saint stuff. Absolutely. And you know, we've all. Uh, yeah, it can be a bit, you know, the past sort of 18 months, it's been a lonely time for a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of Saints fans. So uh, it'd be a nice opportunity to, to have a shared, in, to speak to people with shared interest. 
lovely. Shared love, if you will, sir. A shared love of the mighty Per St. Johnston. If you would like something pinned on our Dogger Saints notes board, get in touch, let us know. If you've got a charity event coming up, let us plug it for you. If you're running the London Marathon coming up, let us plug it for you. We'll do it. We'll do it, and we'll be happy to do so. Sam, I have an update. Go on. The parrot situation. <laughs> now, I'm slagging my sister off, right? It actually turns out that the parrot that's gone missing, Diego, <laughs> belongs to... I shouldn't laugh at it. It belongs to a very uh, dear old family friend of, of mine. So, uh, yeah, I feel a bit bad for Sligo. Not that you can listen to this, but a, a message out there. If anyone in Blackpool's listening to this, look out for a, a blue and yellow macaw, answers to the name of Diego. <laughs> And Diego, if you're out there, I, I gotta tell you, you get yourself back home. Andy and Frankie are worried sick about you. So Diego, you get home to your dads. Diego, I, get there. Diego, get there. Get back home. I, but yeah, seriously, if you're in Blackpool, see a parrot kicking about. Fucking let me know. I'll pass it on. There you go. That's one for the notice board as well. If you've, if you're either a painter and decorator in Blackpool or support Saints during the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Let us know. And I've just sort of cleared my conscience there for slagging my sister off. Good. Right. What a packed show again. No game, but didn't need to be. More drama off field than there was on. Oh, I tell you, mate, it's been, what's it, between between that and um, Geronimo the Alpaca, it's been just all been going off. Oh, don't let me mention any more dead things. I'm still reeling in the fact that the bass drummer from the Shamans died. He's up there now. Geronimo, living it up big time. With Harambe. <laughs> I dress up as Harambe the Gorilla one Halloween. I basically just had a gorilla costume, but I had a halo <laughs> and angel wings. <laughs> 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 it was uh, it was obscure to say the least when they thought they didn't know what, what they thought was just a hairy angel. And a reasonable assumption. <laughs> but we've come to the end of another episode. It's been packed. Steven Anderson, what a guy. We have to ha- thank him. We have to thank our subscribers who are joining up daily to, to get our first glimpse of our interviews before they go to air you're not just signing up for that you're signing up to help us out as well like you say all the money that goes into the pot goes to help buy dog bowls that we can give to football players <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, pretty but, much but it's funny yeah it keeps it like i said i've said a million times it keeps the lights on it pays for all the equipment and we do this we take we get feedback as well off you and we, we try to take it on board and uh, hopefully you've, you've spotted some improvements um over the weeks and we are we're going to put a questionnaire out to everybody that's we've got their email address and you've agreed to for data capture or whatever but um gdpr compliant and that's what we are but we're going to send I'll out sell, I, will, I will then be selling it on for a tidy profit yeah. cambridge analytic <laughs> that's it have you had an accident if you get any of them calls it is us get it right round you <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> right, what i'm going to do is i'm going to send an email out with a, a questionnaire about the podcast features you like features you don't what we should talk more about what we should talk less about general content uh, because you're the guys that are listening we'll get that we've had we have had some uh, good feedback brian martin message saying it's been great Less of the English guy, though, he said. Sounds like him. <laughs> yeah. If, if you could put on a more Aberdonian accent, it would be handier. Oh, laddie. <laughs> I'm presenting the Dougasians podcast. Wow. That, that, that was kind of more Western Isles, I would say, but it was all right. Or Jamaica, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you about the time I took my ex-girlfriend on a Caribbean holiday. Jamaica? No, she came off her own accord. 
<laughs> and for uh, subscribers that's the type of dad joke you can get on a regular basis i think we've only did one or two but uh, that is the type of additional content you can get uh we also discussed this week people that want money for their wedding how much is an uh, adequate amount i text adam earlier on and said why well, said 200 pound but danny talked me out of it he's like well no 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 that's fine that's fine Anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure for you guys listening again. Thanks very much. And we'll have another guest next week. We, we would love to guarantee who it is, but it's always a it's always a fun scramble midweek to find out who's finally agreed and we can get on. But it's either going to be a Saints player or or somebody who's not a Saints player. Well, that, that, that narrows it down, doesn't it? You've literally <laughs> just narrowed it down to everyone on the entire planet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, just again, big thanks to everyone listening. Say it every week, but really, really mean it. Appreciate it so much. Um, and as ever, a big thanks to our uh, sponsor for this episode, the Cheeky Cheeky Panda. And he is a cheeky panda indeed. He is a cheeky panda. It's just... Go to cheekypanda.com. It is the one-stop shop for all your eco-essential needs. They've got the lot. Bamboo toilet paper, kitchen roll, straws, biodegradable wipes, nappies, and much more. Whether you want to be a bit more sustainable, go plastic-free, or a little bit more cheeky, look no further than cheekypanda.com. Chris and Julie behind it. Chris is a Saints fan, so give them some support. And uh, thanks for, to them for supporting us. Oh, and somebody also said in, why are they cutting down all the bamboo? What about the pandas? The type of bamboo they're chopping down, the pandas don't eat. It's a win-win-win. I can't see a downside, son. They have thought of absolutely everything. You can get it in boots. Wholesale Market, Waitrose, Planet Organic, these are WH Smith, Superdrug, as nature intended. All of these places also online. They were number one on Amazon for a bloody long time. Unbelievable. What a success story. I'm so delighted they've chosen to, to help us out and support us. So help us help them and go visit cheekypanda.com. They've, all, they've already saved over eight tons of plastic because all their stuff's plastic free. They've donated £100,000 to the Earth, Ocean and People Initiative. Is there anything these guys can't do? If there isn't, I don't want to know about it. I think we should get them in on deadline day to organise transfers. I think Chris Forbes could be the man to do that. He got more than 1.2 million off Preston for Ali McCann. <laughs> and on that bombshell, we will see you next week. Thank you and goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>